This week, it's our 150th episode, and we decided to dive into a highly requested string of murders, the crazy unsolved case of Jack the Ripper. This is part one of a two-part series. Listener discretion is always advised. All aboard the Midnight Train. Passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, where we bring the dark to light. You probably know that we make fun of and joke about creepy stuff while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yeah, we are a comedy podcast, and listen, things can get pretty dark, so if you're not into that, we completely understand. No hard feelings, but give us a chance, and you know, tell your friends and let them know, all right? I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me today... Of course, my co-host, Mr. Moody. Back in the saddle, baby. Feels, you know, it feels good to be doing this. Yeah, good. It's good to be back. Good. I'm glad. It's good to have. It's good to have you, sir. My lengthy sabbatical. Yes, it's good. Good to see you, sir. Uh, It's great to be here. Great to be here. (laughs) This week for Patreon, since our 150th (laughs) episode, regular episode, we decided Moody and I are that we're going to go to uh, go through for Patreon and kind of just talk about the start of this whole thing and how we've made it to 150 episodes yeah. and the pitfalls that we've had and things like that. So sign up for Patreon. And you can do that. how amazed we are that people still listen to us. Yeah, you can uh, sign up for that over at uh, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. It's only five bucks. It's five bucks. And you get this uh, bonuses for this show as well as icons and outlaws. Make sure yeah, you're buddy. signing up and subscribing and telling people about that because it's awesome. We just... Uh, just recorded an episode on the one and only Jay Z, which was amazing, by the way. Yeah, amazing. Never that dude is—I've never been a big fan. Dude but... is worth so much money. Oh yeah, it's stupid, like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Between, and between him and Beyonce, it's even stupider. Yeah, yeah. You imagine just like having—I <laughs> don't know, whatever. <laughs> like you think, having like, having fuck you money. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you think about that, and it's usually like you think about guys like Jeff Bezos, fucking Elon Musk. Like those guys have more money than God, but they're like, you forget about like Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Actually fucking worth. Yeah, it is ridiculous. So if you guys want to hear that, make sure you're subscribing, go to iconsandoutlaws.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And uh, we're going to be dropping four episodes at once starting May, uh, May 1st. Would you consider Jay-Z an icon, an outlaw or both? Both. Yeah. Well, he used okay. to sell drugs when he was younger. You know, I did some I'll stuff. Just, you know he, what? I guess I'll just have to listen. You'll to have to listen to the episode <laughs> to find out. Yeah, you'll have to listen to the episode. So there listen, go, man. we'll save the rest of the business stuff until the end. It is 150 episodes. I'm what, sorry. What? I got to I gotta give that. It's crazy. And that doesn't include all the bonuses. Right. All the, all the Patreon uh, stuff and everything. We had some up. random episodes at the beginning that weren't numbered. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. One, 150. 150. 100. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> About 150. <laughs> About 150. <laughs> so we'll save the rest of the business till the end. All right. So let's just get into it. We're talking about yeah. something that people have been asking us to do for a long time. Yep. And uh, yeah. So let's turn down the lights. Adjust yeah. our seats. Done. Grab a drink. Done. And let's get spooky. All but right, first, buddy. here's a toast to all of you beautiful Woo. motherfuckers. 
Can we be honest? Some of them are not beautiful. Some of them may not be motherfuckers either. That's true. If they have kids, they are though. Very true. <laughs> Hit me! And I say that all that in a nice way because I am I am not beautiful at, it, <laughs> at all. Uh. What do they say? Just remember that for all the beautiful people in the world, there's more of us than there are of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's way more ugly people. Right. There's a lot more fives than there are tens. That's right. Let's put it that way. I'm actually kind of happy to yeah. be, I'm, I'd say I'm a solid six and a half. See, people for people, like, this is the way I look at it. Like, people are always like, oh, they're like a five. Like, that's a bad thing. But five is fucking average. That's right down the right. fucking middle, dude. If someone's like, you're a five, I'll be like, yeah, I'm an average dude. That's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, and I tell you what, you can be a 10 and a complete piece of shit. Well, most of them are. You know what I mean? Or you could be like a four and be like the greatest person in the world. And it, it balances right. out. You know yeah. what I mean? It all balances out. Or you could be like a one and a piece of shit. <laughs> right. Which, Speaking of pieces of shit. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> all right. We are talking about Jack the Ripper. This is one of those ones that I was kind of like, ah, you know, it's been done so much. It has. It's been kind it of has. beaten into the ground. But it it's a crazy story that's still unsolved we like to talk about shit like and this. it's an unsolved murder and, and there's so oh, no, much they, remember they caught the guy right no oh, oh no 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 i thought they, they got him no no not yet no oh but it is there's so much information out there that there is that we're doing two parts to this we are so uh what what, what we decided to do is split it up uh the first episode today we're going to talk about the crimes and the victims uh potential victims things like that we kept it a little bit lighter um just basically because all the information is out there. It's been done a ton of times. Right. We decided to put a little bit more background uh, in the women, like the victims and their lives, right. as opposed to just, this was so-and-so, and she he died. cut her open and yeah. splayed her organs everywhere, <laughs> right. whatever. So Give we, a little bit of uh, credence to the, right. the victim. Yeah. You, know, you know, talk about them as people as well as, as what happened to them. And then next week, we're going to get into the fun stuff right? Uh, and talk about all the crazy theories and possible victims connections with dudes like hh holmes and and stuff like that and like my man hh holmes you know whether they've been proven false or not they're still fun to talk about and and all that kind of stuff so which by the way if we ever do decide to do an actual hh holmes episode yeah. um yeah. that one's probably gonna be another very very large episode but i have yeah, a i have a one. very extreme theory about it do you yeah extreme like mountain dew um extreme like um i don't think he actually existed Interesting. Yeah, so we'll have to do an episode. We're definitely not going to be doing it anytime are soon. You, are you like crossing over to my conspiracy world? N no, now? what? what you <sighs> Maybe you're rubbing off. Are on you? Me. Maybe I? it's possible. It's I mean, possible. I rub you off. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Whatever you love. Yeah. So uh, I, I have, I have a theory, and right. if we ever get into that topic, I'll okay. definitely discuss maybe, maybe why. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll make like a couple part bonus on that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we can do that. Bonus. Yeah, maybe do a bonus on uh, HH. And if you guys aren't familiar with HH Home, which if if you listen to this show, you probably are. He's considered like literally the most. Well, first of all, like the first serial killer, technically, right in the U.S. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And supposedly the most. Supposedly. Supposedly <laughs> the most prolific and um, just batshit crazy oh, yeah, the way he did it. So yeah, supposedly. And, and there's supposedly a connection between Holmes and the Ripper. <laughs> so we'll talk about that connection next week, and then whatever. So we're gonna 
take this all the way back to 1888. Yeah. To jolly old London. Man, that was a long time Which, ago. Which, by the way, um, UK listeners over there, uh, London listeners, everybody, yeah. thank you so much for you guys jumping on this. Like, we're hip, hip, our, cheerio, our numbers chips. are going through the roof right now, and yeah. it's coming from that area. Like, Is it? Oh, yeah. That's great, man. And then, like, Portugal. and you Yeah, know, Portugal. We're really, like, beaming up the charts, Fucking man, so it's cool. Uganda. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. That is so amazing. It's the, so cool. The one guy that listens to podcasts over there. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that's one guy that's awesome in Taiwan. Though, you like, know? That's crazy, dude. Yeah, I, I love it. The fact that we're reaching fucking people in Uganda. Right. Uganda is yeah, fucking amazing. It's freaking man. amazing. So, listen, hopefully I don't disparage too much on London, but apparently back in uh, Victorian oh. London, it was not exactly a happy place to be. No? And the facts hmm. kind of speak for themselves. So it's often romanticized and it's not really that. Yeah. Great. I mean, well, and again, I'm sure though, some, some, some parts were, were probably like if you had money. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They were probably super bougie. You know and what nice. they say? What? Life's a shit sandwich. The more bread you got, the less shit you taste. Ooh. ooh I like that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that before. No. No. All right. Well, there you wow. go. Can that be a shirt? Could be. <laughs> that is a shirt. Write it down. All right. Send me a text I, or something. I will do that. All right. I will do that. I'm going to do That's going to be a new shirt for sure. All right. The Midnight Train presents. <laughs> <laughs> so it was not a happy place to be. Prostitution was rife. Poverty and crime were prevalent. And 19th century housing was barely habitable. Finding work in 1888 was extremely difficult for the residents of Whitechapel, feeding into the cycle of poverty and depravity. And it was just, it was just poor. And there wasn't much. I mean, if there was work there, it was shit work. And I... Pun intended uh, in that. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Pun intended for sure. Soot and smoke generally filled the air, and there were still grazing sheep in Regent's Park in the mid-Victorian period. And it was said that you could tell how long the sheep had been in the capital there, in their little area, <laughs> this is amazing. by how dirty their coats were. They uh, were, went increasingly from white to black over days because of how nasty the air was and all the soot. <laughs> it's insane. Oh. Hear that? Uh-oh. What'd you do? Uh, nothing. I heard like some static. I didn't know if it was just me losing my shit or what. You are. You're losing might your have shit. Had a, I might have just had a stroke. Did you just stroke out? I could have. On air? I'm keeping that in. It's possible. Okay. Just All so right. you know. All right. No, I don't care. <laughs> so the, the people night... will witness my demise. It's fine. <laughs> and that was when we died. <laughs> Kids, come here. I want you to hear episode 150. <laughs> this guy really fucking died. <laughs> and you guys can do an Icons and Outlaws on me. There you go. So the nights were riddled with gas lamp lit streets and dark, foggy alleyways. Remember, there was no electricity, so it was just... Isn't London, like, known for their fog, too? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the, the weather there is a bit disparaging, you know. It's a foggy land. Yeah, it's foggy. <laughs> the city was steeped in poverty and all manner of crime and disease, of course. Mm. Many children were seen as a strain on their parents' resources, and it is believed that two in every ten children died before reaching the age of five years old. That's, that's Two bad. Two in every ten. Yeah, that's bad. Those aren't good odds. Yeah. Not great. Ugh. Breeding ground for crime and poor behavioral habits, including murder, prostitution, and violence. This is what it was. A yeah. breeding ground. Oh, yeah. And vicious circles like these were rarely broken in such poor districts. In other words, it perpetuated. It just kept Yeah, there's going, no way to get out. There's going, no way to get out. Right. Of that, you, know? you can't get out. You stay there. Fucking A. Streets were uh, dirty and fresh food was scarce, which is sad. <laughs> That's terrible. Yep. Pollution and sewage <laughs> smells just filled the air. You know, so you're just walking around smelling. Yeah. Uh, this part's pretty cool. Uh, and by cool, I mean disgusting. Oh. Um, urine actually soaked the streets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. There was an experiment in uh, like Piccadilly. Street. Yeah. 
an experiment in Piccadilly with uh, wood paving. So they used wood to yeah. pave the streets yep. in the mid-century, and it was abandoned after a few uh, weeks because the sheer smell of ammonia because coming of from the, the pavement. Soaking into the yeah, wood. Because people were just peeing all over. Well, horses, Horse animals, yep. just people just urinating wherever the hell they wanted to. It's freak, freaking disgusting. So yeah. also the shopkeepers nearby said the, uh, the ammonia that they smelled was discoloring the front of their shops. That's how bad it was. Just the fucking ammonia in the air from all the piss in the street just fucked up the paint. I didn't know your place was yellow. <laughs> it used to be green. <laughs> it was white once upon a time. <laughs> so London in the 19th century was basically filled with cesspools. Literally? Literal. Literally. Cesspools. Yes. Okay. There'd John, be what? What's a cesspool? Um, it's basically where all the poop and the pee goes. Really? Yes. Fun. Yes. There'd be brick chambers, maybe six feet deep, about four feet wide, and okay. every house would have them. Oh, sure. So, you know, you just have it like down in the basement. In your basement, yeah. under the house. Right. The big giant brick structure, hollow. Just, just a big brick shit house. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what was it from? Uh, that's from Robin Hood Men and Tights. You changed your name? Yeah, it used, it used to, to be, be shit house. <laughs> you changed it to latrine? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, you guys still drink it up. I hope you do. I hope you still drink when you're listening to this yeah, episode and whenever yeah. we reference that. Because, I mean, you know. It's going to be even worse now that I'm back. Yeah, I, I, I could not possibly drink right now. <laughs> my, my amazing son, Logan, and I <laughs> decided to kill an entire bottle of... Uh, Old fashioned by um, Watershed. Yep, there it is, right there. Yeah, thank There's you. The bottle. There's a uh, last night while recording our. You Jay-Z. want that last little bit? No, I do not. You don't want that? No. Well, I should just to see if it'll sober me up a little bit. It won't. Oh man, there's not enough. Yeah, so we uh we knocked that out while doing Icons and Outlaws last night, and very nice. Oh boy, feeling a little rough today. <laughs> <laughs> so it was more common to have a cesspool in the basement in central London and in more crowded areas, right? Yeah. Above the cesspool, the cesspool would be where your household privy would be. I like I left privy in there because I like the word, and I had to look it up just to make sure. Yeah, it's a toilet. Yeah, yeah. But so basically, it's no, a, have it's, you not heard that it's word? More, no, really? Yeah. Well, oh. not in that context. Oh, like you? Well, could, like, you could are be, you privy to? Correct. Okay, okay. It's just weird that that word has two oh. completely yeah. different. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> one means are you knowledgeable about something? Yeah, and the other one is a toilet. toilet. The yeah. toilet, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it is, yeah. But these weren't just regular. It was, wasn't like a flushing toilet. It was like a. Oh, it was like an outhouse in your house. Outhouse in the it house. It was like a yeah. hole in the floor that you shit into a fucking cesspool. That's what it was. <laughs> Could you imagine the smell, dude? And if that's all cool. the houses had them, yep. Ugh, so, so of it was course, basically like having a uh, uh, what are the fucking things called? Uh, septic tank, an open septic tank in the basement of your house is basically what it was. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes all the sense. Blech. So this, of course, would generally make the uh, smell of London <laughs> pretty amazing. I don't know. And I, I don't know if I put it in here, but I guess once they started uh, introducing the quote unquote water closet. Oh, okay. Uh, like people started getting those put in their houses and they still went straight into the cesspool. So they would fill up even faster and things got even grosser because there was more water and more usable. So they didn't have like a drainage system. It just. No, it was. They hooked up a toilet, like a flushing toilet, a water closet, and it just still dumped straight for a long time. They would still just dump straight into the cesspool. Okay. I know we don't have this in here. Dare I ask, how did they clean these out? Was there like a company that uh, came by? Was there a. I don't know. And I didn't really care to look into it. (laughs) Can you imagine if that was your job? This is what I assume. (laughs) 
I assume that they had people that would go down there with like fucking buckets or something. I don't know. And just fucking take it out. But I have no idea, man. I really don't know. I didn't look into that. Or were they just taking it and like dumping it out in the streets or in their backyard well, or something? Probably. Where else are they going to fucking put it? Oh my God. Ah, so in staying with our shit theme right now, yeah, there would have been horses everywhere, right? Oh, yeah, because, yes. you know, how else are you going to get around? Right, in the 1890s. They didn't have those fancy horseless carriages yet. Right. There were approximately 300,000 horses and 1,000 tons of horse droppings a day in wow. London. The Victorians employed boys, <laughs> this is amazing, yep. age 12 to 14 to dodge between the traffic and try to scoop up the excrement as soon as it hit the streets. So in other words, they were watching. <laughs> they just like line. It's just like, you know what I pictured when I was reading that? Oh my God. I pictured like those kids that they employ in tennis games. Mm-hmm. Where the, <laughs> it hits the, the net and run across yeah. the thing and grab it. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what I pictured, but like shit. Absolutely. Like well, it's like a shit tennis ball. They yeah. just run across the street and like whoop. It's the same thing with like the foul the the kids on the sides of yeah, the, the baseball foul, games like or the ball boys. Yeah, yeah, ball boys there. Yeah, like they're just waiting for yeah. something to happen. They're, there except, it is. Get it. It's <laughs> just shit. Do you think they? Do you, like? Do they get paid by? Do you but, think they got the paid scoop? by how much they picked up? By the turd? Like, were they fighting like, that's my shit? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, if it was watery, none of them, they'd all look at each other and be like, I don't know. And by the way, I mean, uh, for those of you that may not have ever been around horses uh, in your lifetime or whatever, horse shit stinks. Yeah. It is bad. <laughs> like, it is, I mean, ugh, uh, anyway, moving on. Anyway. Yeah, you try eating nothing but brand right, and fucking oats right. and see how your shit smells. It's, I'd rather do that than clean those cesspools out, though. Yeah, that's true. 100%. At least you're outside. Yeah. Not that the air is fresher, but whatever. Yeah, and human feces is... Yeah, anyway. So, yes, in the beginning of our episode 150, <laughs> we've determined there's shit everywhere. <laughs> Something's never changed. Yeah. Yeah. Just because we're at 150 doesn't mean we're changing anything nope. or what we do. I mean, nope. we're still those same idiots and talking the world about. is still full of shit. We're talking about poop. Dude, poop never gets old. <laughs> so, of course, the streets were lined with mud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except it. it wasn't mud. Oh. It was poop. Poop. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, they, were, they were basically describing like. Like, imagine, like, going down a dirt road, you know, and it gets fucking rainy and just, like, you get those little mounds of mud all the way down. Like, it was like that through the city, but it was horseshit. (laughs) (laughs) God. Yeah. yeah. I I don't even know how we survived. I don't. I don't know how the human race survived past, like, because just the idiocy of all that. You know how we survived? Why? How? Hey, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I gotta. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you want? That works. Okay, that's better. All right. So, unfortunately, life was much harder for women than men generally. Okay. Obviously, because they were yeah. kind of looked down on. And, sure. you know, men were the workers and they had the money and they did everything. And, you know, that really didn't stop until what, like five years ago? Ever. <laughs> you're right. Exactly. <laughs> like it's just, unless you're Will Smith. Anyway, so the lack of proper work and money led many women and girls into, unfortunately, prostitution. Yeah. A high demand service by those wishing to escape their grim realities. In other sure. words, well, I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't do anything anywhere. Fuck. You're right. So I'm going to sell my body and at least try to make something so I can have a place hey, to man. sleep. You know, it's the same way it is today, though. You think yeah. about that. Like, that's what ha- that's how a lot of women get into that and, is because that's the one way they can make money. And I am one of those people that believe that it needs to be legalized. I'm right there. with And you. it needs to be um, segmented and regulated, regulated. And just yeah. if, if for anything, the safety 
100 safety factor, man. Yeah, for especially for them. They yeah. can go and do it where you do, they don't have to worry. It's about, supervised, you know, not like the think actual. How many act. fucking, think about how many fucking serial killers. <laughs> right. It, well, yeah. How many on prostitutes? They uh, Green River. Yep. Jesus, that guy. And well, I would love to do an episode of him one of these days. Maybe a bonus since we don't do like you know. Yeah, solved solved ones, but solved. that son of what a piece of crap! Yeah. Oh my god. So, of course, these women were commonly known as unfortunates. Yeah, that's what they were called. Because, of course, you looked down on them because they were and the they bottom were, of the... It was, you know, it was unfortunate. And it was. Well, supposedly. Supposedly. Yes. <laughs> they own only what they wore and could carry in their pockets. Their dirty deeds would pay for their bed for the night. So, in were other words... Were they done dirt cheap? Correct. They were. They were. I would, I would assume so, except remember, it's not dirt. Okay. So, they were done shit cheap. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there was an extraordinary lack of contraception for women as well. So, unfortunately, there's diseases and pregnancies happening all the damn time. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Doctors performed unorthodox abortions in dirty facilities, including the back streets. Yeah, which is uh, apparently Texas or Oklahoma or someone's trying to do that now. Passing all kinds of laws, like completely outlawing abortions and shit. Oh, outlawing yeah. abortions. And, like, basically, like... uh like, if you get caught doing them, you can get fucking jail time, prison, stuff like that. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, let's just knock our entire society back for yeah, 100 years. That's exactly what it is. Fucking idiots. And again, I'm, I am I don't have a right to say anything about a woman and what she does with that sure. whole thing. I mean, if it's my child, I should have at least a say-so in it, you yeah. know? Like, you know, I should. Like, at least talk to me. But if she's like, well, this is what I want to do, I, I'm not your fucking boss, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my body. Like, you can't tell me I can't go and, I don't know get a fucking tattoo on my eyeball or my butthole. You know what I mean? I know it's not exactly the same thing, but, it, you right. know, I just feel like people should shut sure the body, fuck man. up. Right. Shut the fuck up. Anyway. Sorry, I'll get off doesn't my... It doesn't affect you. I'll get off my love. soapbox. Yes. So, and because of this, many women would die of infection from these ill-performed yeah. surgeries or ingesting chemicals or poison because they didn't... They thought they could... Well, not only that, but they thought that if they ingested some sort of poison... get rid of... They would... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And yikes. The insides of the houses throughout the borough were no less, or yeah, were no less uninviting and more reminiscent of slums, obviously because of the cesspools yeah. and everything else, and poor, just poor people. You have money to keep your house yeah, up. And yeah, many of these dilapidated homes were makeshift brothels. Prostitution was a dangerous trade as diseases were passed from person to person very quickly, and doctors did not come cheap. <laughs> Most work came through casual or sweated labor, like tailoring, boot making, and making matchboxes. <laughs> So it's okay. So it's a hard work. <clears throat> That's got to be tedious as fuck. Making matchboxes. Yes. Ugh. They're this big. Yeah, could you imagine? You're just sitting there like Ugh. trying to fold it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you those guys could roll some killer blunts though. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Did they? Was weed prevalent back then? I mean, it's always know. been prevalent, but it, was it like prevalent in that time? Ah, that's weird. I'm gonna have to look that up one of these days. Maybe yeah. we'll do a bonus on the, <laughs> the history of weed. We'll just get high the whole time. Yeah, dude. I'm down. Yeah. All right. That's coming Fuck up. Fuck yeah. Maybe not this week, but yeah, we'll definitely do that. Yeah, not this week. We'll just do a fucking <laughs> not prepared for that. A pop bonus. That'd be fun. That'd be great. There was very little job security, and the work premises were would more than likely uh, be small, cramped, dusty rooms with little to no natural light. So it was just horrible work environment. Yeah. Yeah. Sweatshops, basically. Well, so speaking of, workhouses were another alternative set up to offer food and shelter to the poorest of the community in return for hard, grueling label in even label. worse conditions. Hard, grueling label? Did I say label? Yes, you did. That's what I meant. <laughs> Labor. <laughs> Labor. 
labor. Large portions of the population turn to drinking or drugs to cope with everyday life. And I'm just going to say, going through this, very, very weird correlation between the victims... Oh, they're all getting hammered. And they're drinking. It's crazy. Which, I mean, I'm assuming everyone's getting drunk at oh, that yeah. point in time. So oh, it's just okay. weird that, I don't know, I guess yeah, it's just an added listen, thing. Yeah, if you listen to, like, the last moments of most of that, yeah. like, you're just like, really? They, yeah, they were Again? drunk. <laughs> That's it. They were drunk. Like, yeah. literally, I think, I think, I think all of them, maybe except for one, like, you read about their last day, it's like, she was last seen leaving the bar, tipsy or intoxicated. It's like, what? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Pubs and music halls were abundant in the East End, and booze was cheap, too, That's making cool, it though. a viable Music means. halls, man? Yeah, absolutely. That's how people escaped, you know? Oh, what do you think they were jamming? What do you think they were rocking back then? Um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. We, could, I mean, we could ask Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> you would know. Uh, I don't know when it's coming, folks, but it's, it shows up at least once. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, we love you, Chainsaw. But, you know, though, it, it also goes to show, too, that things don't change no. a lot. Think about it. I, no. My wife and I, uh, I own a bar, and all of a sudden there's this shutdown, yeah. and everyone's freaking out, and booze was through the... I mean, people yeah. were buying it you're, more than ever. You're drunk constantly. I, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how... It's my escapism. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> he's kidding, kind of. Not really. I do like my booze. Stop shaking your head. <laughs> I do like my booze. I can't help it. So crime rates spiraled and were unmanageable by London's police force in 1888. Petty crime like street theft was a normality. High levels of alcohol-related violence, gang crime, and even protection rackets were everywhere. And this is what I'm just... All I imagine is just a bunch of dirty, drunk fuckers just fighting in the streets and shit. I... <laughs> I've only got one shoe. I'm going to beat you with it. You know, like I, just fucking drunkards everywhere. Yeah. The high level of prostitution meant that vulnerable women were often forced to earn a living on the streets, leaving them easy targets for assault, rape, and even murder. Police stations and the, the detectives at the helm lack structure and organization, with many crimes being mislabeled. Evidence going uh, missing or being tampered uh, with was common. I mean, that's just, they, yeah. they just didn't know what they were doing. And again, Things don't change a whole lot. No. <laughs> you know how I mean? many how many of these crimes have we fucking covered that just the police just fucked just it up? Fucking botched it Completely all. Completely shit the bed. Yep, botched it all. So the maze of dingy alleyways and dark courtyards, each with multiple entrances and exit points, made the district even more difficult to police. There were even some parts of Whitechapel that police officers were afraid to enter, making them crime hotspots. Ugh. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, sounds I don't, like East Cleveland. Yeah, I don't want to go in there, <laughs> but you have to. No, I don't want to. Somebody, is, someone was murdered over there. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be me. I'm not going to be number two. You can't save him. He's dead already. <laughs> yeah, what's the point? What's the point? Me? I don't want to die too. <laughs> two for one. No. <laughs> so with that brief look into what is or what it was like in Whitechapel, it is no wonder that Jack the Ripper could it get away with his crimes. A shithole. It was a shithole. A literal, literal shithole, yes. yeah. That being said, let's look at the crimes and the victims. Okay. First up, we have Mary Ann Nichols. Mary Ann Nichols led a brief life marked with hardships. Oh. Born to a London locksmith in 1845, she married Edward in 1864 and gave birth to five children before the marriage dissolved in 1880. In explaining the roots of the separation, Nichols' father accused Edward of having an affair with the nurse, with the nurse who attended one of their child's births. Oh. Huh. Nice guy. 
Hey, my wife's giving birth. The other room want to fucking do it. <laughs> right. He pretty, uh, pretty hot there. <laughs> I like those gloves. Hey. Oh, yeah, but nurses back then, though. You know what I mean? Like, he probably saw her ankle and was like, oh, <laughs> I like that bonnet. <laughs> For his part, Edward claimed that Nichols, uh, his wife, Marianne, her, her drinking problem <laughs> drove them to oh. part ways. Okay, drinking. I got a feeling it was a combination of both. Yeah, it probably was. Infidelity and drinking. It's one to A to B. Oh, they go That's great it. together, yeah. too. After separating, the court required Edward to give his estranged wife five shillings per month. Now, I looked that up. Yeah, I was going to say, how much is a shilling? That, uh, five shillings back then uh, would be about 600 pounds today. Which is equivalent to I, th- I think about 500 bucks? Yeah, a little over 500, I think. So I five, don't know. So roughly, we'll say 500. Sure. That'd be a month. A month. Yeah. Which isn't a lot of money, but I guess, uh, you know, I guess it is to some people, you know, especially if you're is that, freaking uh, poor. How much, uh, how many farthings would that be? Far, farthing? <laughs> what are we just going to ha- sit here and talk about all the different types of currency, <laughs> currency in the world? That'll be a bonus too. <laughs> a loony? <laughs> loony? Dude, I got a bunch of those at home. Loonies and toonies. Don't talk to, about your kids that way. <laughs> I said loonies and toonies, not assholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a requirement he successfully challenged him paying her oh. when he found out she was working as a prostitute. She's making money. I don't need to pay her. Right. And why she's do I got to give her she, money? She's probably making way more than that as a prostitute. Well, let's, let's hope if she was doing that. You know. Nichols then lived in and out of workhouses until her death. Mm-hmm. She tried living with her father, but they did not get along. So she continued to work as a prostitute to support herself. Though she once worked as a servant in a well-off home, uh, family home, she quit because, and this is amazing, she quit because her employers did not drink. <laughs> Bunch of stiffs. <laughs> Look, we're going to pay you a lot of money right, to, to be a servant in our house, but no drinking. Not yeah. I'm out. Fuck it. But not even like she couldn't drink. They didn't drink. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were it's just. Like she was a, she li- probably lived in a really nice house at that point. Got paid. Uh, well, I don't know how much she got paid, but like. Right. You know, she had a room and board. You know, it probably sucks being a servant, but it's better than fucking being on the streets as a prostitute, I would think, at that in in that time frame. Right, right? absolutely. And then she's just like, You guys, you guys don't you guys want a beer? <laughs> no? You don't drink. Oh. Uh here's my two weeks. Gonna... <laughs> you bunch of funny duddies. Seriously. On the night of her death, Nichols found herself surrounded by the same problems she'd had for most of her life. Lack of money and a propensity to drink. On August 31st of 1988, she left the pub where she was drinking and walked back to the boarding house where she planned to sleep for the night. Sure. Nichols lacked the funds to pay for the entrance fee, however, so she went back out oh, to no. earn it. But according to her roommate, who saw her the night before someone killed her, she spent whatever money she did earn on alcohol. <laughs> so she couldn't get in, decided to go work up some money to get in, worked up some money, and then just went back to the bar. Correct. Yeah, yeah. She's got a roof over it. To each over, yeah, of their own. What, what did I just say? Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain hurts. <laughs> it hurts. You, like, I wish, I wish I could just reach up there and, like, I wish I had a tap on the back of it to get all the alcohol out of my brain right now. Just, just, just like a fucking release valve. Yeah, just, just drain it all out. Oh, boy. So that night, Mary was wearing a bonnet that none of the other residents oh. of the lodging house had seen her wear before. Okay. Since she intended to resort to prostitution to raise the money for her bed, she felt this would be an irresistible draw oh, to potential clients. Oh, 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 those bonnets, man. Yeah. However, she was then escorted from the premises by the deputy lodging housekeeper, <laughs> which she laughed at him oh. and said, this is amazing, quote, 
I'll soon get my DOS money. See what a jolly bonnet I have now. <laughs> Amazing. All the fellas are going to love my bonnet. Right. So she she believed that bonnet was going to get her paid and laid, I guess. I don't know. I mean, apparently it did. She yeah. spent it all on alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and bought a bonnet. And Unless she stole the bonnet. You know what I mean? It's like, possible. Yeah. At 2.30 on the morning of uh, August 31st, she met a friend named Emily Holland by the shop at the junction of Osborne Street and Whitechapel Road. Was it for her dentist appointment? I, I highly doubt it. It was at 2.30. <sighs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fucking dad jokes. Yeah, they're back, baby. I think I'm more upset that I missed that. <laughs> that's that's I'm, I'm mad about that. There was I remember dude, I don't remember what episode it was, but there was one that you missed and I I it was so goddamn funny. I can't remember what it was. I think I it happens died. all the damn time. I, think I almost died laughing. Yeah. Oh, it was the fucking. Uh, it was the chicken one. It was something about a chicken. <laughs> yeah, you made me. You made me read it. It was in the notes. <laughs> yeah. And you're over there like giggling like a little schoolgirl. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was something about chickens wearing some chickens wearing something. Or yeah, I forget what it was. No, chickens cutting heads off because it was a foul play. Yeah, yeah, foul play. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. So Mary was very <laughs> drunk, obviously, and she boasted to her friend Emily that she had made her lodging money oh. three times over, but oh. but had spent it. Oh. Yeah. So she's made a shitload of money, and she just can't. Three nights worth of lodgings, and she just spends it on other. Yeah. Concerned at Mary's drunken state, Emily tried to persuade her to come back to uh, Wilmot's with her. I wonder what she drank. Had to be like whiskey or something, right? She was probably a hard-drinking woman. Yeah, I mean, well, they probably had beer back then, too. Well, right? Yeah, it was probably disgusting, but... Yeah, uh, there's no like refrigeration. Yeah, no, it's all it's all warm. Yeah, Mary refused, obviously, and telling Emily that she must get her lodging money somehow, she stumbled off along Whitechapel Road to again try to make money and hopefully not piss it away by drinking it. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was the last time that Mary Nichols was seen alive. Oh boy! And uh, yeah, d definitely, we always give the uh, the warning in the beginning. There's some pretty brutal stuff in this. And if yeah. you know anything about the Jack the Ripper case, yeah. it is pretty brutal. So hopefully, you know, you guys can handle it. If not, uh, maybe go to like, I don't know, the end of the episode. Because <laughs> from here on out, it gets pretty. Just skip the next two weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, don't skip. Let it play. Just mute it. Okay. So yeah. the number still will. Sure, good. sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. No, I like that. That's good. <laughs> so at 3.45 a.m., a woman's body was found with her skirt pulled up to her waist, lying next to a gateway in Bucks Row just off Whitechapel Road. This location was around a 10-minute walk from the corner where Mary met Emily Holland. Never was the last time that anyone mm -hmm. saw her. According to some newspaper reports, the woman's throat had been cut back to the spine, the wound being so savagely inflicted that it had almost severed her head from her body. That's It takes a lot. I listen to a lot of true crime stuff, obviously. Yeah. And... It takes a lot to, to be able to that. get through that because you're talking on the bone mm -hmm. and and what does that send you? Yeah. It all it's get to, yeah, there's a lot of, dude, your neck, there's a lot of muscle. A lot, a lot, lot of, of muscle, muscle yeah. Within 45 minutes, she had been placed on a police ambulance, which was nothing more than a wooden handcart. She had been taken to the mortuary of the nearby Whitechapel workhouse infirmary. Well, yeah, that's all they had back then. They like, bring out your dead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Some guy running around going, woo! Yeah, that's what it was. So here, Inspector Spratling of the Metropolitan Police... Spratling. Spratling. Ooh. The J Division here arrives oh. to take down a description of the time, um, at the time, unknown victim. Okay. Okay. 
And he uh, made the horrific discovery that in addition to the dreadful wound mm -hmm. to the throat, okay. a deep gash ran oh. along the woman's abdomen. Uh, the killer had actually disemboweled her. Oh, yeah. That's how did you not notice that? At yeah, first? that's brutal. It is so. Yeah, well, they said her skirt was pulled up to her so waist. Maybe it was covering. Maybe the, it was covering. Yeah. yeah. The funeral of Ma, Mary mm -hmm. Ann Nichols took place amidst great secrecy to deter morbid sightseers on Thursday, September 6, 1988, which okay. is really weird. 1988, huh? They waited that long? <laughs> 1888. God, <laughs> my head hurts so bad. <laughs> Strangely, the ruse used to get Mary Nichols' body to the undertaker uh, could be said to have included an element of foreshadowing. Okay. Oh, wait, sorry. Moody looked at me like, press the fucking button. <laughs> so Mary Nichols' body was brought out of the mortuary's back gate in Chapman's court from where it was taken to the undertaker's premises on Hanbury Street. Okay. Hanbury. Hanbury Street. So, right. So, in other words, they, she basically, they took her out and in the same freaking, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, two days later, the murderer struck again and murdered um, Annie Chapman in Hanbury Street. Um, There's this, a foreshadow. Yeah. This is... um one of the more, to me, notable names. This is the one that everyone always talks about. Yeah, this about. is the one yeah, I hear. She's like, the one that like everyone always talks about. She's referenced a lot. Yeah. You know? yeah. So Annie Chapman didn't always lead a hard life. She lived for some time with her husband, John, a coachman in West London. Oh. However, after the couple had children, her life began to unravel, which <laughs> As it usually does. <laughs> been there, done that. You know? <laughs> Just kidding. Her son, John, was born disabled, and her youngest daughter, oh. Emily, died of meningitis. Yikes. I almost died of meningitis. Yeah, you did, didn't you? I did. That's crazy. It did, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you did almost die from that shit. I did, yeah. That's crazy. I was, uh, according to the doctor, if I would have come in several hours later, I would have probably died. So. Now, was that... Like spinal or spiral meningitis or what is it called? I had the bacterial, which is the worst of the two. There's Jesus. bacterial and there's viral, which you would think that the viral would be worse. Right. But uh, no, I guess not. Uh, <laughs> but no. <laughs> this was, yeah, it's, it's fucking brutal. That's, that's rough, dude. She and her husband both began to drink heavily and eventually uh, separated in 1884. Hold on. That's sad, dude. Yeah. You hear about that a lot, man. Like, you get tragedy with kids, that fucks up America. Oh, it's going to destroy you. I could not even imagine. I could not imagine. Like, yeah. I've lost animals before, and, like, I felt like my life was going to yeah. be, you know, like, I could not imagine losing a child. And, like, a lot of times, like, parents end up blaming each other for it, even though it's, like, something like that is nobody's fault. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, yeah. There's no so it's tough, man. There's no fault there at all. But being able to, I guess, console each other, it's gotta yeah. be hard if yeah. you're both going through the what same the struggle. You, what do you say? Yeah. After the it'll, separation, it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be okay. We're no. gonna be, we're gonna be great. After the separation, Chapman moved to Whitechapel to live with another man, while she still uh, received ten shillings per week oh. from her husband. So which, that's like a thousand dollars. Yeah, a week. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Do we figure out how many farthings that is? No, damn it, no. Oh. I don't even know if farthings, was that an English thing? I think so. I know. I'm going to look now. You keep going. All right, cool. Yeah, you got to look that up. <laughs> um, so she was still getting money from her husband. She uh, sometimes worked as a prostitute to supplement her income, which is crazy because it sounds like she's making a shit ton of money. Uh, her yeah. husband's giving her a ton of money and she's still. Like a decent amount, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. When her husband died from alcohol abuse, <sighs> there's the alcohol again. Jeez. I tell you. That money stopped, obviously. According to her friends, Chapman, quote, seemed to have given away altogether, which, I mean, she just kind of gave up. Yeah. You know? 
Then a week before she died, Chapman got into a fist fight with another woman over an unreturned <laughs> bar of soap. Wow. <laughs> a bar of soap. Come on now. But then again, if everything's as dirty as it is there, yeah, you bet. that bar of soap is and probably... If she, and if she used to live a good life... Right. She's like, man, I need to fucking clean myself up. Yeah, that soap like, is this, probably super important to These have. shitty streets are... Jesus, this is terrible. Just walking around smelling it all day long. Just because of how bad everything smells. Just yeah. rub it under your nose. <laughs> yeah. Like how they do that with crime scenes. They put yeah. like the Vaseline in or She's just got soap. <laughs> yeah. At 5 p.m. on Friday, September 7th, Annie met her friend Amelia Palmer in Dorset Street. Annie looked extremely unwell and complained of feeling, quote, too ill to do anything. Oh, man. Not feeling good. Nope. Amelia met her again 10 minutes later, still standing in the same place. <laughs> Although Annie was trying desperately to rally her spirits. Quote, it's no use giving away. I must pull myself together and get some money or I shall have no lodgings. Were the last words Amelia Palmer heard Annie Chapman speak. So she knew she had to go out and make her money because she needed a place to stay. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, you know, the, 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 uh, the victim earlier. Go out and get it. Yep. At 11.30 p.m. that night, Annie turned up at Crossingham's lodging house and asked Timothy Donovan if she could sit in the kitchen. Since he hadn't seen her for days, Donovan asked her where she had been. Quote, in the infirmary. She replied weakly. He... Allow, uh, he allowed her to go to the kitchen where she remained until Saturday uh, morning uh, on September 8th, 1888. So he actually, she, he allowed her to stay in the kitchen and just have a roof over her head. Okay. And yeah. probably get something to eat. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. What do you got? A farthing <laughs> is a former monetary unit and coin of the UK withdrawn in 1961. So I used farthings until 1961. What's the increment? It is equal to a quarter of an old penny. So it's a quarter of a pence? I don't know. Is that correct? Because is, isn't a pence a penny? Okay, I know. Sure. Maybe not. UK listeners, we're idiots. Sorry. We are. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> we have no idea. We seriously have no clue. But we learned. We learned something. We learned that a farthing used yeah. to be a, uh, you know, a, a coinage. At uh, 1.45 a.m., Donovan, the guy who ran this uh, lodging place here, his uh, the Crossingham's, he sent John Evans, the lodging house's night watchman, to collect the four pence for her bed for, from her. So, in other words, hey, she stayed here. Go get the money. Yeah. You know? He found her a little drunk. I love that they put a little drunk. You're right, there. by the way. What? Four farthings equals one pence. So, yeah, basically. Aha! Maybe I'm not as dumb as I look, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Here you go. You ready? I'm going to lay it out for you. Okay. You got four farthings equals one pence. Okay. 48 farthings equals one shilling. So 12 pence equals a shilling. Okay. Okay. You have 960 farthings in one pound. Okay. All right. So 24 pence is one pound. 12 pence is one shilling. Okay. And then you have 20 shillings in a pound. Okay. So it goes from farthings to pence to shillings. And, and shillings and and farthings are no longer a thing. They got rid of those, correct? As far as I know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. You guys learned something today about that beautiful land of UK over there and their money. Yeah, that's nuts, man. That's cool. <laughs> so, farthings, yeah. Shillings, pence. This guy, John, went in to go and get the money from her and found her, quote, a little drunk and eating potatoes in the kitchen. <laughs> I mean. Sounds like me. Girls got to do what you got to do. When he asked her for the money, she replied warily, quote, I haven't got it. I am weak and ill and have been in the infirmary. Oh, so, hey, I don't have any money, man. Thanks. You know, I'm thanks trying. for the potatoes. Yep. Annie then went to Donovan's office and implored him to allow her to stay a little longer. But instead, he told her that if she couldn't pay, she couldn't stay. 
What a dick. Without no toes, we don't get no rolls. We don't eat no, we don't get no toes and we don't eat no rolls. <laughs> I made that up. That's <laughs> yes, very nice. God, I love that movie so much. There's going to be so many references to that in this. Oh, man. Which, how are we? That's how we know about England. <laughs> Robin Hood Men and <laughs> that, Exactly. That's where we get our knowledge. If anything from. is to tell you listeners out there <laughs> of our idiocy, everything we know about the UK came from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Not even like the Kevin Cosner Robin Hood. No, no. It's it's the Men in Tights. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Annie turned to leave, but then turning back, she told him to save the bed for her, adding, quote, I shall not be long before I am in. I shall soon be back. Don't let the bed. In other words, don't give my bed up. Yeah, yeah. You know. John Evans then es escorted her from the premises and watched her head off along Dorset Street, observing later that she appeared to be slightly tipsy instead of drunk. Oh, so she sobered up a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Okay. She was only slightly drunk. <laughs> At 5.30 that morning, Elizabeth Long saw her talking, saw, our, uh, sorry, saw Annie talking with a man outside number 29 on Hanbury Street. Okay. Since there was nothing suspicious about the couple, she continued on her way. Hardly oh. taking any actual notice. Right. She, just, she just thought she was working. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, all right, get, you some. Yeah. get you some. That's right. Make that money. That's right. 30 minutes later at 6 a.m., John Davis, an elderly resident of number 29, found her, Annie, horrifically mutilated body lying between the steps and the fence in the house's backyard. So so she was found by the singer of corn. No, this is John Davis. His, his name is Jonathan. It's like me. I'm Jonathan. Yeah, but John is short for Jonathan. No, J-O-N is short for Jonathan. This is John J-O-H-N. It's all the same shit. No, it's not. Sure it is. No, it's not. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like if your name was, well, your middle name, Robert, right? Yeah. All right. Bob, Robert. Same thing. But if I called you Robbie? I mean, that's not my name. Thank you. But Robert, it's, it's not my name anyway, so you can't call me that. It's all the same, though. It's your middle name, isn't it? Rob, Robbie, Robert, Bob, Bobby. It's all the same. Can I call you Roberto? That's my nephew's name. Is it really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Little Roberto. Yeah. Roberto Moody? Yeah. Really? Oh, uh, no. Flores. Flores. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd be like, that's amazing. <laughs> Roberto Moody. <laughs> it's got a good name. Yeah. It's got a good ring, though. Yeah, it does got a good ring to it. Yeah. yeah. So, so they found her, her body here. Okay. And this was just literally like half an hour after talking to, or the, the, when the other lady saw her talking to the guy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, whatever took place, it didn't take long. It was that motherfucker. Right. Maybe, yeah. See, that's the crazy thing about this is, like, she fucking probably saw the guy and just didn't think twice about it, so didn't even bother. You know what right, I mean? Right, because, I mean, she's... And there's a, the, one of the other ones is the same way. Same way. Yeah. Annie had been murdered, obviously, and her body mutilated. She had a Wait. cut across her neck from left to right and a gash in her abdomen made by the same blade. Oof. Very similar to the first one. Yeah. Her intestines had been pulled out and draped over her shoulders. And, sorry ladies, her uterus had been removed. The doctor conducting the postmortem was so appalled by the damage done to her corpse that he refused to use explicit detail during the inquest. Police determined that she died of asphyxiation and that the killer mutilated her after she died. So if you think about that, right? Fucking rough. She saw, this lady saw her talking to this guy and then a half hour later her body was found. Given the amount of time it takes to generally like choke somebody out and then do all the stuff that he did, she had to literally have been murdered minutes after that lady saw them. Yeah. Like right after. It had to have been. 
Because I mean, and then <clears throat> to not be seen by anybody. Right. So to how get away, long, yeah, get around, like how long was he gone before, you know what I mean? Right. Which also lends to the whole, and which we'll talk about later, the whole possibility of him having medical right. um, experience, right. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's good with a knife and knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. it probably ain't going to take long. Right. You know, where some idiot who's just slashing people probably like, you know, but then I don't know how, yeah, but that's the whole part is the evisceration of things. You know what I mean? Like, like that. And also like there's, there's at least a working knowledge of where things are in the body and what they are. Mm-hmm. Like there was which, a reason that he cut out the uterus. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and he knew what that was. Which could be a butcher. A butcher could have that. And with next week's episode, when we do a uh, part two. We'll we're going to talk, talk way more stuff, about yeah. all that stuff and some connections with some other things and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, it just leaves that whole thing. So she, um, Annie, was later identified by her younger brother, Fountain Smith. His name was Fountain. Fountain. Fountain Smith. Smith. I don't know that sounds very regal. I know. Hello, my name is Fountain Smith. This is my little sister, Sprinkler. <laughs> Sorry. Garden hose. <laughs> okay. Sorry. As we go back into the horribleness of this, the severing yeah, gotta of, have, of. Gotta have some levity. Right. The severing of her throat and the mutilation of the corpse were similar to that of the injury sustained by Mary Nichols a week previously, leading investigators to believe the same assailant had murdered them. At this point, the killings were known as the White Chapel murders. Right, they hadn't come up with a Jack the Ripper yet. Right. So I gotta, I gotta say, for all the fucking, for all the stuff you read about police like messing things up nowadays, at least they made the connection right away. They were like, "Hey, wait a minute, eh? Eh? <laughs> right? Uh? Exactly. Yeah. Like, like some of the stuff we've covered, they're like, well, it might not be well, right. It's because, dude, it was the exact same. Well, you, you can't, you know, you never know. It's like, no, fuck you. Yeah, we need to wait for at least three or four more murders. Before That's we what can, I'm like, yeah. dude, what the fuck? Yeah, it's so dumb. At least they had that going on, man. So the next victim here is Elizabeth Stride. Yeah. The Swedish-born, Swedish? Swedish-born domestic servant arrived in England in 1866, at which point she had already given birth to a stillborn baby and Ugh, been treated for God. venereal diseases. Yikes. All horrible and could probably put you in a very, very, very horrible state of mind. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Absolutely. Stride married in 1869, but they soon split, and he ultimately died of tuberculosis in 1884. Ah, the consumption. Yeah. Dude, Stride. Didn't, we, didn't we have like a streak of like 57 episodes where We're, there was yeah, it all tuberculosis wasn't yep. every goddamn one of them? Well, it's because anytime we do anything historical, TB was so prevalent. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Then the vaccine came in and motherfuckers in their weak lungs. Just going to keep going. Stride would instead tell people that her husband and children, which they never actually had, were killed in an infamous 1878 Thames River steamship accident. Oh, yeah. the Thames River steamship accident. Yeah. Um, I, I heard that. I heard the uh, Thames. I heard it pronounced totally different the other day. Tommies? <laughs> it, it, it was something like that, and I've been questioning myself ever since. No, it's Thames. Yeah, but I, if someone pronounced it differently, it was like the Thomas. Like Thomas? I don't know. I've never heard it pronounced any other way. Yeah, I don't know. I've been questioning myself ever since. I'm like, am I saying it hey, wrong? If you guys are from over there, let us know. Yeah, I want to know. Is it Thomas or is it Thames? Pretty or sure. is it Thames? Thames? The famous. <laughs> famous, famous? <laughs> the, the, the famous, famous river. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so she allegedly sustained an injury during that ordeal that explained her stutter. So she basically was... She lied about it. She lied about, yeah, her life and everything. So with her husband gone and lacking a a steady... Huh? She had a stutter. She had a stutter, yeah. With her husband gone and lacking a steady source of income, like so many of Jack the Ripper's victims, Stride split the remainder of her life between working, um, you know, and, and lodging houses. Okay? So that's what she did. Sure. 
On Saturday, the 29th of September, 1888, damn it, she had spent the afternoon cleaning two rooms at the lodging house for which the deputy keeper paid her six pence. And by 6.30 p.m., she was enjoying a drink in the Queen's Head Pub at the junction of Fashion Street and Commercial Street. Again, drinking. And I'm a drinker. I'm just saying that's all these people seem to be doing. What else are you going to do? Yeah, right? Everybody's just drinking. And how much is six pence again? Uh, fuck. Nope. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm going to keep... I'm going to keep you on your toes with this one. I'm going to, dude, I'm going to be an expert in pens and That's right. We are going to learn, learn together, folks. (laughs) So returning to the lodging house, she got dressed ready for a night out. And at 730, she left the lodging house. There were several sightings of her, of her over the next five hours. And by midnight, she had found her way to Burner Street off Commercial Road. Six pence is half a shilling. That's right. And six pence none the richer. Oh, kiss me. No, is it? That's breakfast at Tiffany's, isn't it? No, that's not sixpence. None the richer. That? that is, um, oh. oh, yeah, I know. You're thinking, okay. It's kiss me. Yeah. That's kiss me. With the girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss me. <laughs> Out <laughs> in the Valley. Valley. Is that that? Is that? Who that's is? sixpence. None the richer. Yeah, yeah. The, the the ones who sing um, Breakfast at Tiffany's is. I said what about. I love the damn song. Such a good song. Um, It is. Ah, it's going to kill me. Anyway. I'm sure you'll figure it out. At 12, I will because now I want to fucking. Yeah. Know. At 12 45 a.m. Yeah, you were right, though. Yeah, with uh, Sixpence. They were Sixpence on the Richard was a Christ, Christian band? Uh, if you say so. Why are they talking about what kissing me that, then? Dude. That's not very nice. I, I don't know. Oh, anyway. 12 45 a.m. on September 30th, Israel Schwartz saw, um, saw her being uh, attacked by a man in a gateway off Burner Street known as Dut, uh, Dutfield's Yard. This is messed up. Deep Blue something. Deep Blue. Ah, that's it. Yes. This is really messed up. So Schwartz, however, seeing this happen, happening over here, seeing a woman being attacked, just assumed that he was witnessing a yeah. domestic argument, and he crossed over the road to avoid getting dragged into the core. Like, oh, see? Uh, I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> nope. Uh, you know what happened last time. Yeah. Uh, not doing it. Nope. nope. Uh, so Schwartz, obviously, or more than likely, saw the early stages of her murder. Yeah. Hey, the Schwartz be with you. Right. So that was at 1245. A.M. Okay. Where, where Schwartz saw a domestic fight. Hang right. on, hang on, quote right. unquote, right? Right. At 1 a.m. 15 minutes later. 15 minutes later, Louis Daimschutz, the steward of a club that sided onto Dutfield's yard, that's where, you know, Schwartz was and when he saw the right. whole thing, came down Burner Street with his pony and Costermonger's Barrow. The fuck is that? It, it's basically just a cart that they carried vegetables in because he sold vegetables. Costermonger? Costermonger. Costermonger. Yes. So now you guys know what a costermonger is. Dude, I gotta start using these words. I know. We do. We teach so much to people. I know. It's amazing. I know. God. Remember Patreon, folks. <laughs> Only five dollars, and you can learn costermonger. British monetary. Yeah. Well, systems. actually, you're learning all this for free. So yeah, keep doing it. You guys are doing it right. <laughs> yeah. You know. So he turned into the, into the open gates of Dutfield's yard. Okay. okay. So he's got his barrel. You know, probably got some veggies in there, or it's yeah. one o'clock in the morning. Maybe, maybe he, he does. Maybe he sold them all, he's, or he's coming back from the produce market, right? And he's feeling good, you know, stuff for the next day. So immediately, as he turned in the pony that he had that was pulling his cart, yeah, shied and uh, pulled oh. left. Oh, yeah, something spooked it. Oh, Dimeshits looked into the darkness and saw a dark form on the ground. He tried to lift it with his whip, but couldn't because it's, it's a fucking whip. Hey, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Hey, so he jumped down and struck a match. It was wet and windy, and the match flickered for just a few seconds, but it was uh, sufficient enough time 
for Daimschutz to see a woman lying on the ground. He thought that the woman might be his wife for some reason and that she was drunk. <laughs> so he went into the club to get some help in lifting her. Now that's the life style right now, folks. Like he doesn't he he just assumes <laughs> it's his wife. My God, there's a there's a broad laid out in the alleyway, passed out. Must be my wife drunk again. I just uh, he just that's the first place his mind went, and that's that's exactly what happened. However, oh my God, as he went inside to get some help to help his drunken wife up, he found his wife, his actual wife, in the kitchen, and so he took a candle outside and he brought some uh, people with him. <laughs> yep, went onto the yard. And by candlelight, they could see a pool of blood gathering beneath the woman on the ground. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad. I know what we're talking. No, no, no. I, I picture like a cartoon or like an old like Ebbett and Costello. Like he walks in and he sees he's like, if you're in here, it does the double who's take out there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you hear <laughs> and he's, the one guy's just like, <laughs> yeah. The, the look into the camera. Yeah. So, unfortunately, you know, they found her in a pool of blood here. So, the crowd sent for the, the police and a doctor was summoned, pronouncing the woman dead. It was noted that, as in the cases of the previous victims, the killer had cut the woman's throat. However, the rest of the body had not been mutilated. Oh. This led the police to deduce that Daimschutz had interrupted the killer when he turned into uh, the yard. So, think about that. Oh, the so he, they think that that guy interrupted the murder. Correct. I, I Okay. I thought they thought that the first guy, like when he saw the domestic disturbance. No, he that that dude just walked away. But I thought maybe that they assumed that that guy saw it, and then whoever was doing the murder saw him like walking away, and that's when he ran away. Oh no, because remember when he, when Schwartz saw the 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 couple talking, saw her, they saw them just actually like in a dispute. In other yeah. words, yelling at each other. Yeah. So that would explain why the horse jumped then. Yeah, because maybe he, the dude. Took off. Oh yeah, I didn't and even the think horse about that. Jumps. Maybe it spooked the the horse. It was so dark. Yeah, the horse saw it and spooked. Yeah. So he might have walked in on or, a murder or, or on him actually doing it. Yeah. Oh boy. So the body was removed uh, to the nearest mortuary, which still stands, um, oh. albeit as a ruin in the nearby churchyard of Saint George in the East. Oh my. And there she was identified as Elizabeth Stride. On the night of her burial. A lady went to a police station in Cardiff and made the bizarre claim that she had spoken with the spirit of Elizabeth Stride. Oh. Yeah. And in that uh, in that uh, seance that she had, in the course of the seance, the victim had identified her murderer. <gasps> yes. Do you guys want to know who it is? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, we don't know. Oh. Because nothing ever came of it, obviously. I'm going to look more into that for next week, though. We should. We should find out there's they, more she there. De- I guess she described somebody, and they looked. They actually looked into the person that, that it was, that she described and said who it was, and it was just like, well, no. But they, they did. There was an investigation uh, out of this, but nothing came out of it. I would so also, I'll look into it a little more, and we'll talk about it a little bit next week. And also, do me a favor, too, as we're doing the, the research for next yeah. week, and I can obviously help out with it, but uh, for, uh, what's his name, uh, Daimschutz? Yeah. I want to know what... Ha- I want to know after this, what happened with him? Like, you know, did this mess him up? I mean, he actually interrupted the third a, of the killings. I wonder if he was a suspect at all. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I'd like to see. That. I'll look into that. Yeah, I'd like to see. Daimschutz is his name. Last name, Daimschutz. Okay. Yeah, Daimschutz. Yeah. I just like the name. I want to keep saying Sounds it. Sounds German. Daimschutz, you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely. So the next uh, next victim here is Catherine Eddowes. 
Oh. Unlike the other Jack the Ripper victims, Catherine Eddowes never married and spent her short life with multiple men. Mm-hmm. At age 21, she was the daughter of a wow. tin plate worker, and she met Thomas Conway in her home uh, hometown of Wolverhampton. Oh, that's Germany. Yeah. Wolver- Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wolverhampton? I think so. Wolver. Maybe. The couple lived together for 20 years and had three children together, but according to her daughter, Annie, the pair split, quote, entirely on account of her drinking habits. <laughs> Oh no, that's in England. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was in Germany. I think I said it with like like Wolverhampton. I shouldn't have. It's Wolverhampton. It's also a, it's also a football club. Oh nice. Yeah. Well aren't there like thirty thousand of those over there? Yeah. Yeah. Not knocking you guys. I love soccer. So anyway, yeah. Football. It was her drinking habits that supposedly caused them to split up. So Eddowes met John Kelly soon after. She then became known as Kate Kelly and stayed with John until her death. According to her friends and family, while Catherine was not a prostitute, she was an alcoholic. The night of her murder, the same night Elizabeth Stride was killed, a policeman found Catherine lying drunk and passed out on Aldgate Street. She was taken to Bishopgate Police Station, locked in a cell to sober up, but instead, she just fell asleep. So, you know, and that, that's that, that's kind of my point that I wanted to say, too. Go ahead. You have something? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, if anyone's wondering, Wolverhampton uh, Football Club did beat Aston Villa uh, on April 2nd. So a couple days ago. Nice. Just so you know. All right, hold on. We got to. Yeah. Congratulations. Wait, unless that's a bad thing. Oh, I don't know. And then in that case. Yeah. Depending on who you root for. Right. Uh, exactly. But you, at, there's one each there for look, each of them. Look at no matter who you root for, we're on your side. That's right. Absolutely. Because we don't have a dog in that fight. Nope. <laughs> so this is my thing with this. So so this one right here, they were talking about um, with Eddowes here. Mm-hmm. They said she was not a prostitute. Nope. But she was an alcoholic. Right. Did this? Did the did, did Jack the Ripper just have a thing against women drinking? I mean, maybe that's something that we'll have to look into next week. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to. I have so many questions. So that's many fine. questions. I'm I'm probably not gonna have all the answers. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. That. I'm going to probably assume not, but that's fine. So she fell asleep after being locked in a cell to sober up. Right. So she got drunk and went in there and she fell asleep. By midnight, she was awake and was deemed sober enough for release by the city jailer, <laughs> PC George Hutt. <laughs> yeah, she's good enough. Yeah, she's good. Before leaving, she told him that her name was Mary Ann Kelly and gave her address as 6 Fashion Street. Okay. Hutt escorted her out the door of the police station and he told her to close it on the way out. Mm-hmm. And her <laughs> her uh, quote to him was, yeah. all right, good night, old cock. <laughs> good night, old cock. <laughs> was that a term of endearment back then? I, I thought maybe. Or was she like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. I, I don't. That's so weird. Anyway, I feel, like, I feel like maybe she was like, you know, saying it like, like how, like, if we were, if I was leaving your house, I'm like, yeah, right, later, bitch. Maybe or something like that. Just kind of like, yeah, hey. man, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna start yeah. calling people old cock, old cock. Oh, especially chainsaw. No, that'd be ancient cock. <laughs> Dust cock. Prehistoric. <laughs> oh my god, it's too easy. I swear to God, it is mainly because he's not here to and defend himself. And he's old. <laughs> he is old. I mean, so there is truth to our words. Either, yeah, know. I mean, we're not lying. Right. At 1.35 a.m., three men, Joseph Lawand, Joseph Hyam, uh, Hyam Levy, and Harry Harris, yes. Harry saw, Harris. Saw her talking with a man at the church passage entrance entrance into okay. Mitre Square. Okay. Located on the eastern fringe of the city of London. Okay, right, so these yeah. three guys, they saw her. Okay. Sure. Ten minutes later, at 1.45 a.m., police constable Alfred Watkins walked his beat into Mitre Square and discovered her horrifically mutilated body oh my. lying in the darkness of the square's southwest corner. Oof. Okay. 
1.35 a.m., three men saw her talking with a man. Correct. 1.45 or 1.45 a.m., 10 minutes later, she's found completely mutilated. 10 minutes. So are most of these happening in that time, or is he escalating? Is he getting better at it? Um, I don't know. I'm sure he's getting better at it. Yeah. Well, this one's got a little bit of some differences to it here. The uh, the killer had disemboweled her, but in addition, the killer had targeted her face, carving deep V's into her cheeks and eyelids. He had also removed and gone off with her uterus and left kidney. Finally, he had cut open her intestines to release fecal matter. How do you do that in 10 minutes? That's, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's gross. Like, how in the hell do you do that in 10 minutes? Or... Was it multiple people? And I've actually heard that as there a possible is, there theory, is the theory yes. that there's multiple people, which would make it a hey, lot easier. Hey, we'll talk about that. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next week, folks. I'm I'm just as excited, if not more excited. You're giving away the goddamn episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Son of a bitch. Sorry. Dr. Frederick Brown, who performed the post-mortem examination of Edo's body, concluded that the killer must have some knowledge of anatomy if he could remove her organs in the dark and in that speed. That's crazy. Now there's Mary Jane Kelly. Okay, and then some of the names get so kind of... So we, we yeah. have, to, uh, have to mention, too, that those two murders happened on the same night. Which uh, which two? Eddowes and... Uh, uh, what's her name? The one that they... The, um, fuck, I get the names mixed up. The, the girl that just had her throat slit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, okay. That happened on the same night. Oh, crap. I didn't. I don't think I even so put think that about, together. Think about the time frame on that, too. So Elizabeth Stride and Eddowes. Right. I, I believe is, those are the ones that were murdered on the same night. Yes. That is insane. I get them all mixed up, though. Yeah, that's no, so I'm crazy. So Mary Jane Kelly here, she is the victim that we actually know the least about. Uh, we know virtually nothing about her, her life or anything like that before she arrives in the East End of London. What we do know is based on what she chose to reveal um, about her past to the, uh, to the people she knew and the integrity of what she did tell is challenging to kind of identify. In other words, she could have been, she could have made everything up about herself. We don't even know that her actual name was Mary Kelly. Like nobody knows. According to her boyfriend, Joseph Barnett, who with whom she lived until shortly uh, before her death, she had told him that she was born in Limerick in Ireland that her father's name was John Kelly and that she had six or seven brothers and one sister. The family moved to Wales when she was a child and when she was 16, she met and married a collier named Davis or Davies. Unfortunately, her husband was killed in a mine explosion three years later Jesus. and Mary moved to uh, Cardiff to or Cardiff to live with a female cousin who introduced her to prostitution. Okay. Uh, first of all, what is a collier? <clears throat> <laughs> is that someone that makes collars? Or is it a horse? I'll, I'm look, I'll look it up right, All right. now, bro. Mary moved to London around 1884, where she met a French woman who ran a high-class brothel in Knightsbridge, in which establishment Mary began working. Coal miner. It's a coal miner? Yeah. Okay. Or also a ship carrying coal. Oh. So her husband was a ship. He's an old wooden an old, ship. old wooden ship. <laughs> uh, she told Barnett that during this period in her life, she had dressed well, had been driven about in a carriage, and for a time had led a lady's life. And yes, it was it was Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes. They were found in the same. So, okay. And it was like an hour apart. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and what's even crazier is that it'd be different if like um, those three guys didn't see her 10 minutes before her body was yeah. found. Like, if they hadn't seen her, then it'd be like, okay, well, there's plenty of time to do both of those. It could have been, yeah. One could have been before the other. Yep. But the timeline doesn't line up, nope. you know? That's so crazy. 
She had, she said, made several visits to to France at this time and had accompanied a a gentleman to Paris, but not liking it there, she had returned to London after just two weeks. And remember... So she saw London. Correct. She saw France. (laughs) (laughs) You, You might as well finish it. Go ahead. She may have seen... Jack the Ripper's underpants? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Jesus. But obviously, uh, we don't know anything about her, and she probably made everything up. You know what I mean? It's a good possibility. Yeah. yeah. She began using the continental version of her name and often referred to herself as Mary Jeanette Kelly. Marie, excuse me, Jeanette oh. Kelly. After that, her life suffered a downward spiral, which saw her move to the east end of London, where she lodged with a Mrs. Buki in a side thoroughfare of Ratcliffe, uh, Ratcliffe Highway. Soon after her arrival, she enlisted her landlady's assistance in returning to the West End to retrieve a box that contained dresses of a costly description from the French lady. So, in other words, she's claiming that she led this, like, really almost royal life. Right, right. And now she's just kind of on her her luck here. So, of course, Mary had now started drinking heavily. (laughs) Which led to the conflict between her and Mrs. Buki. Relations between them began so uh, became so strained that Mary moved out and went to lodge at the home of Mrs. Mary McCarthy at One Breezes Hill, Pennington Street, St. George East, or in the East. What a name. Where do you live? One Breezes Hill, Pennington Street, St. George in the East. It's a mouthful. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Know, where do you live? There. <laughs> over there. <laughs> Two streets up, one street over, third yeah. house on the left. Yeah. The one with the big red light. By 1886, she had moved into Cooley's typical lodging house in uh, Thrall Street, and it was while living there on Good Friday on April 6th of uh, 1887. Uh, wait a minute. What's the date today? April 4th. Oh, Ooh. so close. <laughs> When's this coming out? Uh, on the 5th. Ah, damn it. Yeah. I mean, maybe I should push it back just so we can be like, <laughs> we totally planned it. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't. Even yeah. though there's this whole conversation. Now. <laughs> I can cut this out. <laughs> nah, I'll, I'll leave it in there. Editing. Yeah. <laughs> so on make, uh, it, go- make it super obvious. Yeah. Just be like, wait, what's today's date? <laughs> and I'm like, an, an audible, like, it is the sixth. We're uh, putting it out today. Uh. 1887. All right. She met Joseph Barnett, who worked as a porter at Billingsgate Fish Market. Oh. The two were soon living together, and by 1888, they were renting a tiny room at 13 Miller's Court from John McCarthy, who owned a, a Chandler's shop just outside Miller's Court. A Chandler on, shop? On, yes. What is a Chandler? Um, he, He's the, the funny one in Friends. I'm just saying. There was no funny one in France. You stop it. I love that damn show. You, you would. I know. I would. And so do many of our listeners. I'm sure they do. It doesn't make them right. <laughs> she and Barnett appear to have lived happily together until in mid-1888, he lost his market job and she returned to prostitution, which caused arguments between them. What is a Chandler? A Chandler is a dealer in supplies and equipment for ships and boats. Supplies. Uh, I think that's still uh, that still applies today. And then historical context, a dealer in household items such as oils, soap, paint, and groceries. Huh. Okay. There you go. So he's a shopkeeper. Yeah, basically. During one heated exchange between the couple here, a pane in the window by the door of the room had been broken. Oh. Mm, How dare they? Just because they didn't have drywall back then. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The precariousness of their finances had resulted in Mary falling behind with her rent, and by early November, she owed her landlord 29 shillings in rent arrears. What is that, Moody? Son of a bitch. (laughs) Find it. 
29 shillings. Mm-hmm. All right. So 29 shillings is almost one pound. Okay. Or no, it's a little over one pound. Ooh. It's, probably, uh, probably a it's, lot. Yeah. 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 29 shillings. So that is uh, one pound and quick math here. <laughs> I can smell the rubber burning over here right now. <laughs> 100, 108 pence. 108 pence. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of money. On uh, October 30th, 1888, Joseph Barnett moved out, although he and Mary remained on friendly terms, and he would drop by to see her, the last time being at around 7.30 on the evening of Thursday, November the 8th. Albeit, he did not stay long. No, no, I'm an idiot. It's not 108 pence. What the, what the hell is it? 108. Uh, hey, what the fuck? I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's a little over a pound. 108 of the Frankfurters or whatever you're talking it's like about. like a right pound now? and a third. Okay. Pound and a third. Yeah. All right. There you go. Several people claim to have seen her during the next 14 hours. Okay. So people have, they, they've seen her. She's been noticed by people. One of them was George Hutchinson, an employed, unemployed laborer who met her on Commercial Street at 2 a.m. on November 9th. She asked him if he would lend her six pence, to which he replied that he couldn't as he'd spent all his money. On a okay. side note, it, it was 108. I was right. <laughs> which had, one is it, Moody? I had to look at it again. It, yeah, I'm right. All right. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Replying that she must go and find some money, she continued along Commercial Street where a man coming from the opposite direction tapped her on the shoulder and said something to her, at which point they both started laughing. Yes. Hello, miss. <laughs> One of those old... <laughs> no, whatever. The man put his arm around Mary and they started walking back along Commercial Street, passing Hutchinson, who was standing under the lamp by the Queen's Head pub at the junction of Fashion Street and Commercial Street. Maybe it was a joke that I have to tell now. Oh. I have to. Okay. I'm just going to just tell this joke. You know, what was the joke, John? It, it's our 150th episode. Is it is it written down there? Did nope. they tell you? Okay. Nope. What joke do you think it was? Um. So, all right. I think the joke he told her yeah. was... So tap, tap, miss. Tap, tap. Pardon me, miss. Miss. I'm hung like a horse. Okay. And then she laughs. <laughs> and then she goes back and she comes out and she's crying because he proved it. No. no. <laughs> oh. Worse than anything I've ever told. <laughs> no. The joke's deeper than anyway. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Hey yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> so although the man had his head down, okay, so they were walking back, had yeah. his head down with his hat over his eyes, Hutchinson stooped down and looked him in the face, at which point the man gave him what Hutchinson would later describe as a stern look. Don't you look at me, you, you son, son of a bitch. Of a bitch. Hutchinson followed them as they crossed into Dorset Street. We've got one guy that doesn't want to get involved, and then we have another one that's just following people. That guy looks suspect. <laughs> and he watched them turn into Miller's Court. Oh. He waited outside the court for 45 minutes, by which time they hadn't reemerged. Reemerged. So he left the scene. He took off. All right. He was just hanging out, trying oh, to see what Weird the... dude. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know why he was doing that. Yeah, just yeah, because he's just an unemployed laborer, you know. What a weirdo! You know what? Maybe they were friends because uh, he, she asked him for the sixpence, and he's like, you know, I couldn't because I didn't have any money. Yeah. And so maybe when she saw him or her with the other guy, and she just he just got that weird feeling. You know maybe. what I mean? He was trying to see if she make sure she was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe if not, he's just a nosy like a creeper. Dude. Yeah. At around four a.m., two of Mary's na- Mary's neighbors heard a faint cry of quote murder. But because such cries were frequent in the area, which is horrible, often the result of a drunken brawl, they both ignored it. 
at 10.45 or 10.45 in the morning of the uh, no, of November 9th, her landlord, John McCarthy, sent his assistant, Thomas Boyer, you know, around over to, uh, to Mary's room, telling him to try and get some rent from her, right? Go get, 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 yeah. get my money. Yeah. Bauer, or Boyer, Bauer, Bauer, I'm going to say, marched into Miller's court and banged on her door. There was no reply. He tried to open it, but found it locked. Uh, he then went around to the broken window pane. Remember the broken window pane that was broken out by the argument between her and her. Right, because of the lack of drywall. Right. Correct. He then reached in, pushed aside the shabby Muslim curtain that covered it, and looked into the gloomy room. Okay? So everyone's just kind of overstepping their boundaries in, in this yeah. one. It's kind of yeah. fucking weird. Moments later, an ashen-faced Bauer burst into McCarthy's shop on Dors Dorset Street, saying, Governor, he stammered. Quote, I knocked at the door and could not make anyone uh, answer. I looked through the window and saw a lot of blood. Okay. Okay. So he, and by ashen-faced, I think it's funny, he was pale-faced. He, he was yeah, freaked yeah. out. You know, yeah. Ashen. First time I read that, I was like, where'd the ash come from? You know, just had to, whatever. <laughs> so, quote, good God, you don't mean that, was McCarthy's reply. And the two men raced in the Miller's court where McCarthy stooped down and looked through the broken pane of glass. McCarthy would later recall the horror of the scene that greeted him. Quote, the sight we saw, I cannot drive away from my mind. It looked more the work of a devil than of a man. I had heard a great deal about the Whitechapel murders, but I declare to God I had never expected to see such sights as this. The whole scene is more than I can describe. I hope I may never see such a sight as this again. Now. Very prominent, the way he speaks. Or proper, not prominent. Yeah, this, prominent, whatever. this is the, uh, if you've ever looked up Jack the Ripper, and you see this very gruesome old timey picture come up. Black and white photo. This is the murder they're talking. This is the murder that that picture is. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, how like just gruesome this picture is. And it's in black and white. It's very grainy. It's very like out of focus. Like it's an 1888 photograph. Yeah, and it's messed up. <clears throat> and uh, maybe I'll throw you it can in still tell notes. how gross it is. And. Uh, just imagining what that would look like in person or even like by today's standards, like, like if someone just took a picture of it with like a good camera, shit, even like a camera, like a Polaroid, it would be, you could only imagine how disgusting and disturbing it would be. Yeah. I mean, imagine, I mean, being the person that saw that. They basically said that there was like nothing left of her, but like, like it was, she looked like a skeleton. Like she was just carved from top to bottom, carved up. Yeah, I mean, there are several organs, pictures of the, the corpses afterwards. everywhere. Yeah, you can and, look uh, This is what I was telling you earlier. They basically, a lot of people think, uh, feel like this is the quote-unquote first crime scene photo ever. Oh, this is the one in her bed, right? Yeah, with her legs kind of yeah. up or whatever. Oh, my God, yeah. dude. That it's is fucking brutal. That is rough. Holy macadamia nuts. Yeah, we'll put that on there so you guys can see what I saw. I can't be the only one. I've seen it. I've seen it. I can't be the only one having nightmares. <laughs> oh, boy. Just don't need anything while you're doing it. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. And again, what Moody, with, with what Moody is saying is that it's a black and white photo. You can only imagine. What, and you could put into context when yeah. looking at the picture. But yeah. imagine being a person seeing that in, in person. Yeah, it, it looks like a bomb went off. Yeah. Like yeah. inside of her. Like somebody put a grenade inside of yeah. her stomach. and. Yeah, it was really bad. Someone, of course, immediately sent for the police, and one of the first officers at the scene was Walter Dew, who many years later would recall the horror of what he saw through that window, saying, quote, On the bed was all that remained of the young woman. There was a little left of her ear, a little, a little left of her, sorry, not much more than a skeleton. Her face was terribly scarred and mutilated. All this was horrifying enough, but the mental picture of that sight, which remains most vividly with me, is the poor woman's eyes. 
They were wide open and seemed to be staring straight at me with a look of terror. That's horrible. Yeah, that's that's bad, dude. So that is the last known victim. The, so those those five are are the what how they the word they use the canonical or whatever. Like those are those are the the five ones that everybody basically is in agreement. Like right from here to here, Jack the fucking Ripper. Right. Like these are them. Right. So now we have some possible victims. And there are other ones. That's uh, some of these are in the actual Whitechapel murder files. Okay. Um, so they're part of the actual file, but it's unknown. Like people are hesitant to to actually say yes, this was a Jack the Ripper right. victim or whatever. So first possible victim is uh, Martha Tabram. On Tuesday, uh, August seventh, following a Monday bank holiday, prostitute Martha Tabram was murdered at about two thirty a.m. Her body was found at George Yard Buildings. George Yard Whitechapel. So, yeah, shortly before 5 a.m., she had been stabbed 39 times. Jesus. About her neck, torso, and genitals with a short blade. With one possible <laughs> exception, a right handed individual had inflicted all of her wounds. So, all of these came from a, a right handed person except for one of the wounds. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> just a weird thing to document, you know? Like, maybe, he, maybe he got tired and was just like, <clears throat> well, yeah, 39. <clears throat> Jesus. Imagine stabbing something like that's nope. That's some fucking effort. Yep, could not do it. Don't even want to think about it. Mm -mm, no, thank you. Based on statements from a fellow prostitute and a PC Thomas Barrett, who was patrolling nearby, Inspector Reed put soldiers at the Tower of London and Wellington Barracks on an identification parade, but without positive results. Police did not connect Tabram's murder with the earlier murders of Emma Smith, but they did connect her death with later murders. Most experts do not connect Tabram's murder with the others attributed to the Ripper because she has had been repeatedly stabbed, whereas later victims typically suffered slash wounds and abdominal mutilations. However, investigators never ruled out the connection. Which so so hers, this happened, this is one of the first murders, and they just never Right. This happened it. before the other ones. Okay. <coughs> Next is Rose Milet. On December 20th of 19, or 1888, damn it, a patrolling constable found the strangled body of 26-year-old prostitute Rose Milet in Clark's Yard off Poplar High Street. Uh, Milet, born Catherine Millet and known as Drunken Lizzie Davis and Fair Alice Downey, what the fuck, <laughs> right. had lodged at 18 George Street, as had Emma Smith. Four doctors who examined Milet's body thought she had been murdered, but Robert Anderson thought she had accidentally hanged herself on the collar of her dress while in a drunken stupor. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> At Anderson's request, Dr. Bond examined Milet's body, agreeing with Anderson. Commissioner Monroe also suspected it was a suicide or natural death as there were no signs of a struggle. The coroner, when Baxter told the inquest jury that, quote, there was no evidence to show that uh, death was the result of violence. Nevertheless, the jury returned a verdict of, quote, willful murder against some person or persons unknown, and the case was added to the Whitechapel file. So that one doesn't even sound remotely. I think it's weird that they had a trial and they had a jury decide that, yeah, we think it's murder. And there was like no, like, you know what I'm saying? They're right, like, when the, the jury, do when the the jury doctors, decided. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What do you mean? The, the doctors decided? are saying like, no, it's not. And they're like, mm, yeah, we think it is. Yeah, we're going to put, <laughs> you know what? Just file. Yeah. file. Next up is um, Alice McKenzie. Alice McKenzie was possibly a prostitute and was murdered at uh, about 12.40 a.m. on July 17th of 1889 in Castle Alley, Whitechapel. Like most of the previous murders, her left uh, carotid artery was severed from left to right, and there were wounds on her abdomen. However, her in injuries were not as deep as in previous murders, and the killer used a shorter blade. Commissioner Monroe and one of the pathologists examining the body, Bond, believe this to be a ripper murder. 
However, another of the pathologists, Phillips and Robert Anderson, disagreed, as did Inspector Aberline. Later writers also divided, um, um, you know, they had different opinion here, and either suggest that McKenzie was a Ripper victim or that the unknown murderer tried to make it look like a Ripper killing to deflect suspicion off of himself. Okay. So it the, could be a copycat. Right. Or someone that's like, well, I kind of have a free card right now. If I stab her and yeah. make it look like yeah, that, yeah. that I can get the yeah. fuck away. You know what I mean? At the inquest, Coroner Baxter acknowledged both possibilities and concluded, quote, there is great similarity between this and the other class of cases which have happened in this neighborhood. And if the same person has not committed this crime, it is clearly an imitation of the other cases. Well, there you go. So it was either Jack the Ripper or someone acting like Jack the Ripper. Right. Yeah. Then there's the Pension Street torso. Um, oh. Strap in for this one. A woman's torso was found at 5.15 a.m. on Tuesday, uh, the uh, September 10th in 1889 under a railway arch in Pension Street in Whitechapel. Mm. Uh, extensive bruising about the victim's back, hip, and arm indicated that the killer had severely beaten her shortly before her death, which occurred approximately one day before discovering her torso. Mm. Yuck. The victim's abdomen was also extensively mutilated in a manner reminiscent of the Ripper, although her genitals had not been wounded. Well, that's a good, that's good, right? I guess. Small victories? Yeah, yeah. The dismembered sections of the body are believed to have been transported to the railway arch hidden under an old uh, chemise? Chemise. C-H-E-M-I-S-E. I'm on it. I'm on it. Thank you. I want to know what the hell that is. Um, C-H what? C-H-E-M-I-S-E. Chemise. An old chemise. Right? The age of the victim was estimated at 30 to 40 years of age. Uh, Despite a search of the area, no other sections of her body. I don't think that's it. What? (laughs) Hidden under an old... No, that's not it. (laughs) That's lingerie. What the hell? Is there another word for it? I don't know. That's all that's coming up. Hidden under an old... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. So no other sections of her body were ever found. A woman's one-piece undergarment. So maybe that's what it was. Straight-hanging dress. Maybe it was just like an old one sitting out someplace, and they found it. Man, the definition of that has changed a lot. Yeah. Wow. And neither the victim nor the culprit, obviously, were never identified. Chief Inspector Swanson and Commissioner Monroe noted that blood within the torso indicated that death was not from hemorrhage or cutting of the throat. The pathologist, however, pointed out that the general bloodlessness of the tissues and vessel told that bleeding was the cause of death. Newspaper speculation that the body belonged to Lydia Hart, who had disappeared, was refuted after she was found recovering in a hospital after a bit of a spree. <laughs> what, what does that mean? I'm going to assume... <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. We're going to assume that. Damn it. Another claim that the victim was a missing girl called Emily Barker was also refuted as the torso was from an older and taller woman. Swanson did not consider this a Ripper case and instead suggested a link to the Thames Torso murders in oh. Raynham and Chelsea and the Whitehall mystery, which I, we have to look at both of those now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I've uh, heard of the Thames Torso thing. Uh, I never, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, we definitely have to look that up yeah, for sure. We have to get into that. Monroe agreed with Swanson's assessment. These three murders and the Pension Street case are suggested to be the work of a serial killer nicknamed the Torso Killer, who could either be the same person as Jack the Ripper or a separate killer of uncertain connection. Links between these and three further murders, the Battersea mystery of 1873 and 1874, two women were found dismembered, and the 1884 Tottenham Court Road mystery have also all been postulated. Experts on the murders colloquially, oh God, known as Ripperologists, yeah. such as Stuart Evans, Keith Skinner, Martin Fido, and Donald Rumbelow, uh, discount any connection between the torso and Ripper killings based on their different... Modus, Oprah, 
<laughs> Operandi. <laughs> that sneeze was coming for like a half an hour. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry about that. Different bonus. <laughs> Different modes of operate operating here. Monroe was replaced as commissioner by Sir Edward Bradford on uh, the 21st of June, 1890, after a disagreement with a home secretary, Henry Matthews, uh, over police pensions. Okay. Okay. All right. Then we have Francis Coles. Francis Coles. Yes. The last murders in the Whitechapel hey, file. Me Francis, I'll kill you. <laughs> Calm down, Francis. It's <laughs> uh, amazing. That's another one, guys. So yeah. if you're drinking out there, do that. That's Stripes. Yeah. Right? Great movie. So uh, this one, uh, the last one was committed on Friday, February uh, 13th, 1891, when prostitute Francis Coles was murdered under a railway arch in Swallow Gardens, Whitechapel. Not funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Her body was found only moments after the attack at 2.15 a.m. by PC Ernest Thompson, who later stated he earned or he heard retreating footsteps in the distance. As contemporary police practices dictated, Thompson remained at the scene. Coles was lying beneath a passageway under a railway arch between Chamber Street and Royal Mint Street. She was still alive, but died before medical help could arrive. Oh, that sucks. Minor wounds in the back of her head suggest that she was thrown violently to the ground before her uh, throat was cut at least twice. Oof. From left to right and then back again. Oh, boy. Otherwise, there were no mutilations to the body, leading some to believe Thompson had disturbed her assailant. It's like the other one. Yeah. Superintendent Arnold and Inspector Reed arrived soon afterward from the nearby Lemon um, p- Police Station and Chief Inspector Donald Swanson. Thomas Swanson, that's amazing. Ron Swanson and Henry Moore, who had been involved in the previous murder investigations, arrived at five. A man named James Sadler, who had earlier be, uh, been seen with Coles, was arrested by the police and charged with her murder. A high-profile investigation by Swanson and Moore into Sadler's history and his whereabouts at the previous Whitechapel murders indicates that the police may have suspected him of being the Ripper. However, Sadler was released on March 3rd for lack of evidence. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of this show, the movie review. Which top 10 movies will make the cut today? So it's the movies. And this week, well, of course, you guys know what we have to be doing here, right? We're doing yeah. Jack the Ripper inspired films. Oh, very yes. Nice. Yes. Yes. Very yes. Nice. And uh, we, we, we had a little glance at this. We did. Before we, yeah. And realized that we didn't know hardly <clears throat> any, any of them. I think we knew one. 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 That is number 10. Number 10. On our list is yeah. From Hell from 2001. Ooh. Starring the one and only Johnny Depp. In Victorian era London, a troubled clairvoyant police detective investigates the murders of Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it's, it's a cool movie. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's dark. Kind of eerie, right. you yeah. know, and uh, six point eight stars on there, and uh, let's see, gross thirty one point six million dollars. So uh, pretty good, pretty good. Next one, number nine, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. Yep. Okay. From two thousand thirteen. Oh. A nineteenth century drama about a man whose heart was replaced with a clock when he was born. The situation dictates that he should avoid feeling strong emotions, love, most of all, but he just can't keep his feelings under wraps. How does that have anything to do with Jack the Ripper? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, it's, it looks like it's animated. Like a kid's movie? Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm trying to see stars. Matthias Meslu, Olivia Ruiz. Graham. I feel like this list is bullshit. Yeah, I'm not liking this so far. Um, number ne- uh, eight, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. From okay. 1971, 
George Hilton, Edwidge Finesh, Conchita Arrealde, and Manuel Gill. Uh, I don't know. An ambassador's wife discovers that one of the men in her life, either her husband, an ex-lover, or her current lover, may be a vicious serial killer. Oh. So maybe they're just taking, like, ideas oh. of the Jack the Ripper yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Number seven from 1944, a lodger. And all it says is a landlady suspects her new lodger is Jack the Ripper. Okay. That's all it says. It's got uh, Laird Krieger, Merle Oberon, George Sanders, and Cedric Hardwick. Hardwick. This, this list kind of sucks. Yeah, this list does blow. I, I've got another one here. Who do you got? 13 best movies about Jack the Ripper you should be watching. Okay. Updated 420-2004. What? April of this year. April this year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you, so, to, do you want me to roll through that real quick? Yeah, let's do that one instead. Because right. this one sucks. Yeah, IMDb. it's a weird list, man. Boo. All right. So we can start on this one. Oh, I went the wrong way. I hope it's like all the same movies. It'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you have number 13. Okay. Uh, the 5.2 rating. I'm not sure where that's rated, but that's what it's rated. Uh, it's called Jack the Ripper, the London Slasher. Uh, it says the def- the events depicted in this film take place in the midst of London's notorious Jack the Ripper killing spree. There are several characters in this film, including, oh, whatever. So yeah, this is a movie that uh, the main focus is a female character, which makes it intriguing to watch when her brother is wrongfully implicated. Ooh. She sets out on her own to find out who the real killer is. Unknown to most people, this Jack the Ripper film dives into a fascinating story behind the notorious serial killer. So Okay. What number is that? That was 13. That okay. Was the last one. <clears throat> so number 12 is called The Edge of Sanity. Um, I, why do I, I know from that 1989. one? It's Anthony Perkins. Okay. Yeah, uh, I know that movie. The Edge of Sanity is, uh, it's a mix of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Jack the Ripper. A strange movie with a stranger performance by Anthony Perkins. Oh, sorry. Knocking shit over. While he's portraying Dr. Jekyll, this Dr. Jekyll is a cocaine addict. He's... <laughs> What? <laughs> he spends half the movie freebasing and the other half murdering sex employees. Sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, number 11 is The Lodger. That's the one I just talked about from 1944. Uh, no, this is from uh, 2009. Oh, it must be a remake. Uh, this film introduces two parallel narratives to the audience. Jack the Ripper isn't featured in this film, but rather a copycat on Sunset Boulevard. Okay. So it's about a copycat of Jack the Ripper. Uh, number 10 is called Jack's Back. Ooh. Uh, this is from 1988. Uh, that sounds familiar, too, for some reason. Looks like James Spader. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah. In 1988, he appeared in a Jack the Ripper-themed crime thriller. Uh, Jack the Ripper, like most murders, have... <laughs> oh, Jack the Ripper, like murders have been committed by a doctor in Los Angeles. The primary suspect is shot and killed, leaving them to search for the real killer. It turns out that the doctor's twin brother claims to have seen the real perpetrator in his visions. The last line of the thing is, critics didn't like the movie and gave it a low rating. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Next is 1953's Man in the Attic. Okay. Uh, starring Jack Palance. All right. You know it's going to be good. Confidence uh, is another sexy. Another remake of The Lodger. So okay. This is a remake of the one that you were talking about. All right. Uh, he plays a pathologist who lives in the attic uh, in the heart of London and is known for his quiet demeanor. The landlady's daughter rejects his advances once he does so 
At this point, the young woman's young women's bodies start turning up on the streets. No one can figure out who they belong to. Oh boy. Uh, number eight, time after time from 2017. Time after time. Yeah, that's it. That's if you fall, it's all about Cindy Lauper. <laughs> I will be waiting. <laughs> this began as a novel in 1979 before, before being made into a film the following year. So there's an old version of it as well. Okay. Uh, it has a novel approach to the issue of the Jack the Ripper murders. Uh, in 1893, H.G. Wells, a famous author, takes part in the first part of the story. The police arrive to apprehend Jack the Ripper just as H.G. Wells embarks, just as H.G. Wells demonstrates that his time machine during a dinner party, Wells embarks on a manhunt through contemporary Manhattan in an effort to apprehend him and put an end to any further killing. What the shit? So it's like a time travel Jack the Ripper movie. Who's in it? I don't fucking know. It doesn't say. Oh, all right. You said from 2017? Yeah. What? Uh, next number seven is From Hell. Yeah. We, we talked about that uh, one. Yep. Number six is Murder by Decree from 1979. Ooh. Uh, Christopher Plummer. All right. Uh, it's one of Christopher Plummer's greatest heroic appearances as famed detective Sherlock Holmes, uh, and it was directed by Bob Clark, who did Black Christmas and A Christmas Story. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Dr. Watson accompanied uh, Watson. Holmes as he combed the streets of London for Jack the Ripper. So it's basically... Uh, Sherlock Holmes looking for Jack the Ripper. Okay. So um, real quick. Also Donald Sutherland's in it. That Time After Time yeah. is a remake. It sounds like of the 1979 Time After Time. Yeah. And that had Malcolm McDowell in it. What, the, the 1979 one? Yeah. Did? Nice. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's good. Sorry. Uh, number five is The Lodger from 1927. Okay. So that's the one you talked about, right? Yes. Okay. Um. Number four is called The Black Butler. Oh, it's a show. Oh. It's a manga-inspired show. Oh, so it's Japanimation? Yeah. Okay. A 12-year-old child sells his soul to the devil in order to avenge the loss of his family. Uh, the queen sends the main character, a watchdog, to find out who Jack the Ripper really is. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, it was a novel, a graphic novel, I guess. Turned into a... Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. Number three is Jack the Ripper from 1988. Ooh. So, you know, to the point. <laughs> yeah, kind of on the nose. Yeah. Uh, Michael Caine. Okay. Oh, it's a miniseries. Michael Caine starred in this miniseries prior to his roles as Alfred in the Batman films. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's just about, uh, it says, as Chief Inspector Frederick Aberline. Uh, Aberline was the lead detective in Jack the Ripper investigation in the 1988 film, The Ripper's Killing Rampage in London is the only focus of the miniseries. Okay. It was just a miniseries about that. In the 80s? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Whitechapel is another, looks like, miniseries. It's all about the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a crime drama uh, focused on a team of detectives investigating the crimes in Whitechapel neighborhood of London. A copycat killer was the main subject of the uh, of the show. Okay. Well, that was a TV show as well? Yes. Okay. And then number one is also a TV show. Okay. Called Ripper Street. Oh, boy. From it's 2012 all about, to 2016. It's all about Tim Ripper Owens. Uh, binge watching this series is highly recommended. <laughs> the main plot uh, of the British drama, the character of Jack the Ripper served as a starting point, even though Jack the Ripper's last murder occurred in 1888. The show takes place months later when a supposedly tranquil London is confronted with another horrifying murder. Oh, so oh, that's kind of cool. And what's it called? Uh, that one's called Ripper Street. Ripper Street. Yes. And from what 
decade? Uh, that's from 2012. Okay. Uh, it ran, looks like it ran for four years, 2012 to 2016. I had to check that out. Yeah. Sounds cool. A lot of these look like they were on like BBC, like British. Of course they which were. Which makes sense. Of course they were because so. it's good. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> so go. those are the movies. And TV shows. And that is our 150th episode. <laughs> yeah. Dot, half, dot, dot. Half. Yeah, half. 150 or 100 and I don't know what you would call that. It's 150-ish. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, and to be honest, this is our first two-parter. Yeah. We've never done a yeah, two-part yeah. episode either. No, we haven't. That's why I was like, yeah, let's do a two-part episode, yeah. you know? And as you can tell, there's a ton of information. We just, it, this is half of what we've got so far. Yeah. And honestly, the there there's a lot more that we could have gone into. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. As far as like the murders and the victims and all that kind of stuff. But like I said before, like we, it's been done. There's been a lot of people that have done it. Podcasts, obviously. Right. Books, movies, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's all so readily available that we didn't want to just go to, we didn't want to do another like five part Jack the Ripper series right. or six, but like, and make it just ridiculous. We just kind of wanted to cover everything, do it our way, right. have some quote unquote fun with it. And, uh, wait, know, wait, people, wait, this is supposed been, to be fun. No. Oh, okay. So we're doing it right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, cause like you said, this is something that people have been asking us about if we were going to do it or whatever, especially since we started doing the, uh, the unsolved true crime stuff. Right. Um, so we figured that, you know, why not? You know, we'll, we'll dip into it a little bit. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. And uh, yeah, you know, and if you guys hate it, we'll never do it again. You know what? And also, <laughs> you know, you, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but oh we've solved several of these crimes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we can come up with something. Correct. Do like uh, we and we've also solved. Remember when we figured out the men in black? Right. It's just a bunch of ska kids. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, telling we're, you. So we're solving mysteries. We man. are doing it. And also, too. There is another podcast that I kind of listen to that decided to do a like seven. He does these like seven or eight part series yeah. on like right now he's doing Gary Ridgeway. Oh, and it's cool. Yeah, but it's really convoluted. Yeah, it's so can, much information. Yeah, you're like, yeah. OK, well, I know a lot about Gary Ridgeway, so it's cool to hear like, you know, little things that happen to him and yeah. stuff. But you're like diving into like there's points where it's like, OK, but most like, of it is really cool where it's talking about the investigation and whatnot. So yeah. it's kind of neat. But in the same sense, it's like and the other thing is a lot. We don't, don't want to drag it out right. over a month or, you know, whatever. Like it's tough uh, to me. Like there's there's been other uh, podcasts that have done like uh not necessarily jack the river but like episodes that have been like five parters and like i get to like three and then i just kind of forget about them right and it's kind of like and it's uh, not because it's not because they're bad it's because like i would rather just hear it all at one time right you know Absolutely. what i mean and, yeah i mean uh, i'm kind of the same way too i mean because i don't know to me it's like especially if you know the story give me some new information it's great yeah but then i want to move on and hear something else right you know what i mean right so i mean because they're like are, i said we don't have we're not we're not out here fucking bringing you new revelations in the Jack the Ripper. No, it's just our way of telling it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're just going to, we're just kind of telling the story our way and we'll we'll discuss it. We have some laughs. Right. Absolutely. We we kid about people being disemboweled. And And drunks. (laughs) A lot of drinking. Lots. You know, this one hits close to home. Yeah. (laughs) If John, if John was alive in 1888, Jack the Ripper probably would have killed him. Yeah. Because he is a prostitute and Correct. he does drink a lot. I do drink a lot. Yes. Yeah. That's it's fine. Why are you putting my shit out there? Anyway, 
We have a lot of really cool things coming up in the works too. Obviously, we don't, we're not just, you know, all about the, uh, you know, the true crime and stuff. We're trying to oh, do different stuff. Like, yeah. I, I mean, we've got things from like Operation Mincemeat. Ooh. Um, Bridgewater Triangle is one that I'm looking Bridgewater at. Bridgewater Triangle, which is going to be a fun That's gonna one. That's going to be fun. Um, we're talking about doing some more asylums. I want to get into some more of the spooky yeah, paranormal yeah. stuff because yeah, yeah. those always seem to be really fun. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a plethora of things we want to go into another 150 in us yeah easily <laughs> easily and i mean i also want to do some uh like uh the mysterious deaths of like famous yeah, actors and actresses and stuff like marilyn and then, monroe and, like that and then there's that one like that i sent you about that farmer that yes was <laughs> who decided to work for a cartel yeah, 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 yeah. that was crazy so we have a lot of stuff coming up so you know stick with us for the next 150 episodes you yeah. know and then the patreon stuff is always a blast so make sure you guys are checking that out so make sure to stop over to our official website the midnight train podcast.com at our website 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 uh, you can actually website. hear me not pronounce things correctly <laughs> yeah and uh, you can also buy some super sweet merchandise super sweet and uh, you know pick up a shirt promote the show like i'm gonna work on this shit sandwich t-shirt i'm telling you i will have that within yeah. the next week or so it's gonna be a good one yeah week or so and uh listen also make sure you are uh, you're going over there and you're clicking on that sponsors tab get in there and get yourself some dr squatch soap oh yeah great stuff greatest soap out there you can get 20 percent uh, off i just re-upped i got my new thing in the mail yeah my new my new scent i got my batman one in did you I actually bought you two know which one, one i really like what? is the fucking darth maul one yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that one. Ruthless rinse. That's what it's called. Yeah, this one's got two different ones in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll show it to you. All right. Yeah. Cool. I'll cool. show it to you. Yeah. And my soap. <laughs> Listen, also, while you're over there and you're checking out our sponsors, not only are you checking out Dr. Squatch to get 20% off your first subscription because yep. it's the greatest soap ever, but you can also check out Manscaped because they have uh, a really great offer right now that for all of our listeners, yeah. you get 20% off plus free shipping I, by uh, using code ACCIDENTAL. I took part in that, too. You I did. just got my stuff for that, too. Yes. Yeah. So get it. And, and, you know, even if it's not for you, get it for somebody else. You know what I mean? Your men, the men in your life The men in your life. It. Absolutely. Their balls will appreciate Except it. apparently not for your father, right? Is that what we discussed and figured that out? Yeah, that's weird. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, if I gave that to my dad, he'd be like, what the fuck is this for? Get the hell out of here. He'd be like, to shave your balls. <laughs> your hairy, your hairy, saggy balls. <laughs> See, I balls? They were weird. He's <laughs> probably got old balls. <laughs> So if you liked what you've heard from us, consider being a producer. The guy with the old balls? <laughs> yeah, I love that movie, too. Consider being a uh, producer, all right? Yeah. Go over there. And by the way, our poopers, by the way, yeah. they've de they've determined and they are not. They're not giving up poopers? Not giving up poopers. All right. They are poopers Till the for end. life. That's good, man. Right? That's good. That's it. And I love it. I freaking love it. Yeah. So they're poopers. So if you want to be a pooper and you want to get over there and you want to find out even what the hell pooper means, yeah. you got to sign up. You got to be an OG, man. That's it. Just go over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and click on the Patreon button. All right? That's it. For five bucks a month, you get bonus episodes from us and the other podcast, Alcons, <laughs> Icons and Outlaws. The other podcast. <laughs> the other podcast, <laughs> which is all about the uh, heroes of the music business. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So if you're a diehard Midnight Train fan, get on over there and, and help us out. By the way, and if I, I'm trying to find it really fast because we have a listener that decided to uh, send us some money, not via, you know, Patreon, okay. just send us 15 bucks. Really? And when I say just, I don't mean to downplay it. I mean, send us 15 bucks via PayPal just so we can buy some beer for the show. 
Get the fuck out of I here. I swear to God. Really? I absolutely swear to God. That is amazing. It's amazing. And they're they're actually going through uh, all the, uh, Dude, the, the episodes now. we could get for that? For 15 bucks? That's like two cases of highlight. Yeah, that's a lot of freaking high life, to be honest Especially with you. Especially if you get it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I get a little bit cheaper. Shh. <gasps> it's oh so quiet. <laughs> So to Margaret Dempsey, thank you very much for oh, that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thank she, you so much. She seems to be going through uh, the older episodes and whatever. And then all of a sudden she's like, here, get you guys some beer for the next episode. And I forgot <laughs> about it, but I have to go to work today anyway. Forget about yeah. it. So we will do that. And we will make sure to crack those beers for you yes. and for all the rest of you yes. out there. So thank you so much for for, for that. And if nice. anyone else wants to do that and anyone just wants to throw some bones at us, <laughs> listen. The beer fund. Yeah. Fund our beer. Yeah. That's fine by that's me. That's cool. And we'll take it. Listen, yeah. this show. We put a lot of fucking work into this show, and it's 150 fucking episodes in, and I'm doing two of them now. It's hey, a lot your fault. of work. I know. I, dude, I, sleep just eludes me now. I don't, I don't even know what that is. But I, well, yeah, you, you work nights. So, I do. Yeah. So it's just, it's a lot of work, and to be honest, it's a lot of fun, and that's why we do it. So we appreciate anything that anybody ever does for us, even just the accolades saying, you know, Posting it up on your Facebook wall or on, you know, tweeting out like, you know, check out the midnight train. Yeah, you man. know, anything Word like that. Mouth, baby. Helps, sure. Yeah. Share the love. We cannot thank you enough for all the love and support we have received. You passengers, you beautiful people keep this train moving. But I want to say a big shout out and a big thank you to yeah. our amazing poopers. <laughs> to Margaret Dempsey, who Very sent nice. us our money over Beer there. Thank money. you. Beer money. <laughs> Kelly Ryan, Corey Krakowski, Nathan Diekman, Hank San- Sanchez, Stacey Luconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Margaret Atkins, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, <laughs> Mac Doherty, Turner Cox, Sydney Three. Sayer, <gasps> Gina Madison, <laughs> <laughs> Janice Sorrell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Funbox Podcast. Make sure you're checking Rob out over there. Christina Skelton, and Jessica Bartlemay from the Sister Skeleton Podcast. Sorry for snatching up your idea, ladies. You know, you know what, though? It's it's a great minds think alike thing. Absolutely. And that's all Logan. I swear to God, I had nothing to do with that. He was just like, dude, I got this really cool thing. You guys was, didn't tell him. That, like, uh, Hopefully you guys didn't like mention it. And he was just like, I'll play that off as my idea. No, no, no. It was it was totally his. Yeah. You, you say that. Oh, you think he was listening to them? Yeah. Like no. Maybe they said something about it. Believe it or not, like, he doesn't oh. listen to podcasts at all. No, he's already stated that. Yeah, he just doesn't. It's not his thing. Well, he's a music fan, so that's all he listens to. You know, he loves it. So make sure you're checking them out. And because uh, they were, um, I guess, planning on doing the Archives of Terror, and then we jump the gun, maybe we should sit down and share... <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, what are you guys yeah. doing? You know, haven't we? That's happened before too. I don't know. I think it's fun. I think it's super fun because you don't know what we're doing. And I mean, I mentioned a couple things, but you don't know when we're doing them. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So make sure you're checking out the sister skeleton because we stole <laughs> their episode this week. <laughs> <laughs> to Maria Gibbs, to Chainsaw, what the fuck, to Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Bramanick, and of course our boy Bill Birch. Yeah. Spread the word. And if you want your name to be mentioned on the show oh, and wait, for us to where's be, where's the where's the Bill Birch? I don't have that one on there anymore. Why not? I don't. You have to do it by mouth now. <sighs> I can't do that right now. Why? Because I can't. You just gotta say. Good for you. That's actually really good. Thanks. Dude. Thanks. That's like spot the fuck. Thank on. you. I'm, I'm, I'm working. You're a, you're a solid impressionist. Well, th- well thank you, you sir. I'm gonna have, I'm t- yeah. I got to learn how to do a moody. 
<laughs> I, I don't. Good luck, Adam. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, next week, part two, Jack the Ripper. Hopefully, we're doing it some justice. And stay safe out there, passengers. And yep, as yep. always, a choo choo, a motherfuckers. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.